Good morning. Good morning, people. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Now in North Korean. Good morning. Languages from around the world. In Singaporean. Good morning. Good morning, Singaporean. Good they speak in Singapore. Chia? I have no idea. Singaporean? What's a Singapore? Remember the Singapore slew? This, no. Oh, it's a drink. Isn't there a beer? I eat Aunt the pasta twice just because she is so nice, Angelina. Ah, <laughs> look who's in the house. Angelina. Ah. <laughs> Gia! From the pizzeria! <laughs> there is a pizzeria in St. Louis called Gia's. I bet there is. I think I should be able to get a free pizza if I go there, if I show my ID. Gia card? Uh-huh. Gia Valenti. Look at her. Good morning. Angelina, I live for you. You're going to go to Gia's Pizza, huh, and flash your... Set my heart on fire. Flash, flash my ID. CCW. <laughs> really? I have it. Do you have it? Do you think it's, wa- yeah, do you think it's wise to go into some place and flash your CCW? I think the card is a little less threatening. Then what? Whipping up the gun, big guns. Oh, yeah, no, you wouldn't want to do that. Only if I don't get my free and pizza, I'll we'll have to re- take other measures. You don't, uh, you don't go into a pizzeria and whip out anything. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that. Don't do that. Gia Valenti. Hi, Paula. Happy to see you, too. Well, see you on Facebook. Is everybody in your family, like, is your mom and dad both, were they Italian? No. My mom is a, a mutt. Oh, I see. My dad's actually kind of a mutt, too. He, uh, there's, some, there's some Czech and Russian and Polish in there, too. Is Valenti northern Italian or southern Italian? Sicilian, mm-hmm. Uh huh. That's horse's head territory. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. You don't mess with the Sicilians. No, I know. I, I've seen it in movies. Well, what about your, your in laws? They're yeah. Italian. Yeah, but they're, they're Italian northern. Sicil- oh, they're northern. They're more northern. Yeah. So I can't ever, whenever I use the horse's head in the bed thing, they say, that's not us, it's the Sicilians. <laughs> yep. And then I'm like, well, yeah, but you're so capable of that. <laughs> the horse's oh, yeah. head thing. Oh, well, we've got a lot to talk about this morning. Well, welcome to the show, by the way. It's nice to have you in. Thanks for having me, Jamie. I'm trying to get my, uh, my headphones all correct. It's going to be perfect. Yeah, things are a little... Are your headphones messed up? Uh, Tell us. you got to speak to us. Tell okay. us how you feel. No, they're, 
You're good. I'm good. You need to yeah. be expressive. Right. It's fine. You can you, listen. You, you, this is your no, house. I'm low maintenance today. I understand that, but you I'm have with to, you. Low maintenance. You got to have headphones. I'm you good. You got to have good no, headphone power. I can. I can. I'm. It's good. Okay. I'm good. How's the stream working over there, man? What's that? Oh, so we don't have the stream on now again. The stream died for a second. It's kind of uh, it's up moving now. Oh, the stream is up moving now. Looks like it. Or oh, the Facebook so is. The Facebook one's fine. I'm just working on the audio. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, the audio, the stream version. Right. This is, you know, this is this is how it is. You know, well, listen when you when you know, listen to this, Chia. Yes. When you are insurgent radio, the way we are. Oh yeah. You know, when you're basically broadcasting from a bunker, revolutionaries. Bunker. This is what you're going to see. This is half. This happens. It's okay. That's how it's it real works. Life. It's real life. It's real life. You never know it's when not, things are going to. It's it's real news, not fake news. Exactly. And that's why I always tell people that you know if. You don't want to complain too much because if you do, then you you got to realize it. Just be glad, first of all, A, you're not paying for it, and B, we're not flying your airplane. Well, you sound ungrateful when you complain. Yes, that's you know, true. You, that's sound, true. you just sound ungrateful. Yeah, that's right. That's why I tell but the kids. You're, you're blessed. Right, exactly. There's nothing to complain about. That's how I keep the kids from complaining. Right. Just remind them Don't of all the... Don't be ungrateful. Just be lucky. I can, I'm really good at that. Well practiced. I, I know it's not... Uh, I know it's not... It's not peanut butter crunchy. It's smooth, but don't complain. Eat the smooth peanut butter. Do you prefer crunchy? I actually kind of do. It's good. I do. So, wow. President Trump won Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and now North Korea. He's just running the table. President Trump has won North Korea, everybody. It's unbelievable. It's how about the how about the whole um the whole visual, just the just him sitting at the table with Kim Jong Un or standing there with Kim Jong Un and, and then you have the North Korean flags next to the American flags and you're like wow this is this is nothing short of 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 amazing when you're looking at it considering what we've been through and how for the last 4 decades we've had to be told by administration after administration whether it be the uh, Republican administrations or the Democrat administrations that, well, this is just the way it is. He's a despot here. Let's write another check and let's figure it out and let's get it going on and boom. I, I, I was a little teary. It was emotional for me. Um, no seeing doubt. those flags and seeing them sit there together and stand there together, I just, I had goosebumps and... I yeah. was, I, you know, and, and it was amazing to me to watch President Trump basically... Here's the thing. For all of people's claiming that President Trump and, his, and he has his faults here and his faults there, the guy, even some of the lowest forms of life, he treats with respect. And I think that actually is a good thing, not a bad thing. I think that's a measure of a level of character 
that we haven't seen before. Now, keep in mind, he did tell Kim Jong-un that his was bigger than his, and he's got the red button, he could do this. But he was only responding to this person in kind. Yes. And yes. yet, you know, we've had Kim Jong-un as this crazy despotic leader and, and, a, and a person who is, uh, you know, threatening us and everything else. And yet, he, President Trump manages to treat him with a level of respect that generally he maybe didn't deserve, but America deserved it. They, America needed it. The U.S. needed to have somebody who was in charge, needed to have an adult in the room, and he couldn't go in there and just start to yell at him, scream at him, pee on no. him, do whatever. He <laughs> had to be respectful, and he, and he, and he was. Bec- and, and guess what? We got what we wanted to get. Absolutely. It was, I mean, he, it, I, I'm, I'm speechless, really, still, the two from sitting, watching that last night. The two Powerful. sitting at a table, and, and yet, at the same time, what you got was this idea somehow that President Trump is still somehow some kind of marauder on the world stage. Are we surprised? No. To a certain degree, we're not. But yet, when will the media learn that President Trump is not what they keep claiming he is. You can't just keep telling a story and keep saying that something is something when <laughs> it's keeps, just simply not. And he keeps doing the opposite of what they're saying, proving himself to yes. be this And And you know what MSNBC leader? had we, where you had Chris uh, Matthews along with the rest of this crew here? I, it's weird. I, I watch sometimes MSNBC and I see these clips and I don't know who these people are. I, I, I like like the people they're interviewing, like the people who are the experts and things like that. I never know who they are. Do you? No, but I was thinking to myself as I was driving in today about how watching liberal media and listening to all of this, I, it's almost, even though it gets me all riled up and my blood boils and my blood pressure goes up, I'm sure, it's like a car accident. You just can't. I can't turn away. I have to keep looking at it. Yeah. And just it gets me it's the Italian in me. It gets me all fired yeah, up. Yeah, right. Well, uh, who is like who is Elise Jordan and who is Bobby Gosh? I mean, I don't even know who these people are. And yet this is what they had to say generally about the president when he was meeting with Kim Jong un and they, they couldn't bring anything positive to the table. And this morning we're seeing a lot of different results of this meeting. One of them is the fact that we are also going to look and, and start, and this is a little thing, but it's a big thing to the families of missing in action veterans of the Korean War. And believe it or not, that's one of the things instilled in this agreement that these two signed yesterday or today or is it tomorrow? I don't even know. Yesterday, three days, whatever the time zone is. It's like, it's like 7 o'clock there or whatever. Uh, whatever they signed includes a promise that we will recover the remains of missing in action Korean veterans, which otherwise would never have been able to be achieved under any circumstances and never has been achieved under any circumstances. And it's a small thing. There aren't many of them, but it's, but it's a big thing to the families. It's a, yeah, it's, not a, it's relative to who it's small to. You know, it's a huge thing for, for families. Yeah, I mean, I just... And again, that speaks to the character of, of um, President Trump, that to have that be something included and to have that regard for those families, 
I mean, I think it speaks volumes of his character. Here, this is what they had to say on Matthews' show. It's like, this is, it's getting to be... He sits about four or five feet from our closest... ...in the north. No, well, hang on, hang on. Hang on. That's, of course, Canada. It's buffering. Boy, we're having a lot of problems this morning. Um, let me just do this here, if I can, here. My, my internet is... is uh, Canada, Canada, Trudeau. Well, I blame me. The technology. No, no. It's just I've I've, I've had the the way we're really. This is this is uh, really uh, bad this morning. But anyway, uh, we where where these guys are getting together and they're talking about how when President Trump is with this despotic leader, so to speak, these pictures of him huddling, and 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 it's in it and it they're they're saying that they have so much in common now. Because uh, this, but like President Trump gravitates more towards a Kim Jong Un than he does a Pierre Trudeau, and that 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 that's the that's the kind of that's that's the kind of vibe we get from the news media when it comes to their approach to these kind of things. That 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 that, that the idea that we have this major thing going on with North Korea, and yet there's President Trump uh, meeting with Kim Jong Un, and they compare it to him. Treating Kim Jong Un better than Pierre Trudeau, like how dare you say this about Pierre Trudeau, but then go shake hands with Kim Jong Un? It's a it's a non sequitur. There's no comparison at all. And but notice how they worship the Europeans or the Canadians or whatever. Anybody but Trump. And then when he's doing a good thing, they have to make it out to be something horrible. I, I really wish we could get this working because I, I'd love for <laughs> you to play the Nancy clip on the unemployment. You, oh, well, you, you have to play we'll, it. We'll get to that, but I want to... Just about doing... Yeah, this, this, this is... This is... This is... Uh, this President is... This is Dan Rather back in the 80s... No, 90s. 1994, when President Clinton did something so simple and, and, and it was not something to be worshipped or it was not something to be celebrated right. or any of that... And yet they made it out to be this huge deal. I mean, here you have President Trump, who is doing a major thing in North Korea now, and yet there's almost like this this reluctant approval of this major, major deal, major advancement, and yet some little thing that was achieved was celebrated by none other than Dan Rather back in the day. President Clinton today officially announced a deal that could end the long-running crisis with North Korea over nuclear weapons. It could also ease tensions on the Korean Peninsula and open the way for normal relations between the U.S. and one of the world's last old-line, hard-line communist states. Or it could not, Dan Rather. <laughs> uh, that, that was 1994, 20-some years ago, and nothing changed as a result of what President Clinton did. Nothing changed, and nothing changed since then with President Bush in the White House, and it, it was a constant situation where we all we did was write checks to these people. All we did was basically say, hey, you pipe up. How much is it that you actually need? And we just kept them at bay that way. Finally, we have something concrete, something to show the world, and I was very impressed. First of all, they have vowed to establish new relations. They, I think Kim Jong-un, by the way, he looked like he was basically like President Trump's I don't want to say this because I don't want the North Koreans to get mad, but he kind of looked like President Trump's intern, kind of. 
not to say anything bad about interns, but I mean, didn't didn't you think that President Trump basically was well, le- leading him around? Well, first of all, he's a massive man. Donald's a big guy. Yeah. And, you know, Kim's a little bit shorter. Yeah. But. But, I mean, here's this guy who was, did this, this person everybody feared. And Kim Jong-un would have these massive oh, yeah. kinds of uh, parades and things. And it, it was almost like. We had brought the Wizard of Oz out from behind the curtain. That's a great analogy. Yep, that's it. Yeah, there was a, a softness to him and a, 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 there was nothing intimidating about him. No. There. Not at all. He looked kind of cute, he actually. He did look kind of cute. Oh, I love that you little said that. Kim like- Jong, <laughs> little Kim Jong, little fatty. No, he did. He, he was, well, he did look but you know what I'm saying. I do, yeah. Yeah, he you know he kind of looked, and he was you know he was dressed in his regular kind of thing, okay, yeah, whatever that is they wear, I and was, it was um, it's pretty amazing. It was amazing. I again, I I'll come up with my words eventually because I'm still speechless and well, in awe of it. This is basically what the, the, whatever document they signed. Vulner- uh, Vicky Howard said vulnerability. Yeah, yes, there was. Um, Hannity broke it down. Uh, uh, this morning when, on Fox and Friends, and I'll, I'll just let, let you let you listen to them list what exactly happened. ...that North Korea commits to work towards, this is key, complete denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula, recovering POW yeah. MIA remains, including the immediate repatriation of those already identified. Now, here's the thing, Ed. So they had, they had remains of Americans who died in the Korean War still over there. That 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 basically, we've been unable to get a hold of. Now again, for people who are, you know, who love our military and who appreciate the sacrifices of our military, this is a pretty big deal. I mean, I'm symbolically for the country. This is a big Absolutely. deal. Absolutely, yeah, I I agree. It is. It's a very big deal, and as you mentioned earlier, a really big deal for the families. One of the things that um, I was also impressed with was. The fact that we had the flags, you know, obviously there are people who who are still in this collusion mode. And so they will look at a situation like this and they will say, look where we've come. President Trump sold the U.S. down the river. There's finally the American flag next to the North Korean flag. And it's horrible optics. And yet to me... And I don't know, to, to, and, and you can pay attention to the Facebook uh, comments on it. I thought it was great. I thought it was amazing. I, I think that even if someday we see a, an American flag next to a Russian flag, that's good. This is coming. Keep in mind, this is a guy, President Trump, who everybody claimed was who everybody claimed was going to destroy the world. You realize that, don't you? This is a guy who everybody claimed was going to light everybody on fire, push the nuke button, everything else. And yet every time he associates with the people we most claim are threats to us, they accuse him somehow of colluding or rubbing shoulders with horrible people or whatever. So which one is it? What is it that you want? What... what what is it that you want from this guy? Because apparently, no matter what he does, you're still going to criticize him. 
I'm, I, I, I see it. I see it in the media. I, I see it all the time. It's, uh, he's a relentless, tireless, productive human who absolutely cannot catch a break or get one ounce of credit for any positive movement thus the, far. One it's, of my favorite bits was from uh, CNN, actually. And it's Dennis Rodman who is on CNN. And Rodman is wearing a Make America Great Again hat. Okay, this is a guy who in the past has been very critical of Trump and would want nothing to do with him, was among that group of you know black celebrities who called President Trump a racist and everything else. My, how things have changed. Good. Do you have a, what does your hat say? What's my hat saying? Oh, good. Now I can see it. Let's so you make have America a great again. This is this is Chris Cuomo, and Dennis Rodman, and and Rodman is wearing a Make America Great Again hat. Right. You got it right there. You got it. I got it. Thank you. So you made your way to Singapore. How important yeah. is this to you? You talked a lot about the prospects for peace when we spoke several years ago. Did you think this moment would ever come? Well, in my heart and soul, when I first went to North Korea, I was very uh, honored to even be uh, selected to go there. And uh, once I went to North Korea, I was, uh, didn't really understand what the old situation was as far as being over there. And uh, when I first met Kim Jong-un, I was um, more like, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know what he represented. I didn't know if he was uh, somewhere important. But uh, I knew something was going on. But uh, once I got familiar with the uh, with the uh, with the culture and the situation over there, I got uh, really used to being there. I thought it was felt like I was at home. Now you know both men. You've spent time with the North Korean leader. You've spent time with Donald Trump. How do you think the two men size up in terms of how they might get along? Well, I think the fact that Donald Trump would uh, understand the fact that. North Korean, the people of North Korean have a, have a, have a heart, they have soul, charisma, and they love each other. And I think the fact that uh, Kim Jong-un and his family understands that, I think that President Trump should understand the fact that the reason why uh, the marshal of North Korea uh, respects Dennis Rodman is the fact that he trusts me. And I gave him something for his birthday, and I thought I couldn't pull this off. And I said to him uh, on his birth, uh, the day before his birthday, I said... By the way, Rodman's wearing a potcoin.com shirt. Can you, can you find out on your phone, Gia, while we're watching Rodman cry, what potcoin.com is? I'm going to give you a present. And he said, what is that? I said, I'm going to bring a basketball team, a uh, professional basketball team to you. He said, can you do that? I said, yes, I can. Even though I knew I couldn't do it, I say, if I fail now, it's going to be a problem. So basically, I got a lot of people together. I got popcorn here helping me out, my sponsor. Is this going to take long, Dennis? Because uh, I'm just trying to I'm, – uh, uh, how long is this going to take, okay? Will you cry already? Because that's what I'm looking for. Uh, thanks to those guys. And uh, it happened. And Kim Young came to me and said, Dennis, you know what? This is the first time someone's ever, ever kept their word to me and my country. And I looked at him, I always got emotional, but I said, wait a minute, hold on. He said, someone's never kept a word to you and your country? He said, yes, this is the first time someone's ever suggested that. And I... All right, I... Rodman, uh, I, I get it, and it's great. 
and but I, but I don't really. I, Robin was very complimentary of President Trump, but I don't need the you know Kim Jong Un is a victim of the world here thing. You know, Kim Jong Un isn't as little as you think he is. Did you see him get out of the limo when they met at I that didn't. place? He's actually I, I actually don't know how big he is, but he's but either that or all the people in Singapore are tiny. And so he looks. But he doesn't look that little to me. All right, so what's Unless pot- he's standing next to, to- <laughs> right. right, Trump. Uh, Podcoin is a cryptocurrency geared towards the booming cannabis industry. Oh, Lord. There you go. That's the shirt that Robin was wearing. Mm-hmm. It was a, yes. a Podcoin shirt. Yep. All right, so today we've got not only Doug Giles joining us to kind of break down the uh, wonderful weekend we had over the past uh, 48 hours or so, but also then we're going to have uh, the – my buddy Johnny Rose, who was our driver yeah. the entire, you know, although I'll tell you one thing, Doug, the one time that Johnny Rose didn't drive him was when I drove him. And so he would have preferred Johnny Rose driving him out to the event Saturday. I'm sure if you look at the Facebook live there, he would have been drier. <laughs> no doubt about it. All right. And then up like next to the uh, the Gateway Pund as well. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be back. And you know what? In celebration of our military, why not hear from the U.S. Army Band, ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. Thinking of ways that I could get inside, get 
I had to turn the um, the music off because uh, they flagged us again on on the um, Facebook. The police. The yeah, police. you can't. You, you know, here's the thing, and and this is what's crazy uh, about about the whole thing. Um, the it doesn't make any sense for Facebook, which, which, why would Facebook not be the ones to go ahead and pay a license for the music so that the algorithms, I don't understand why, because you know Facebook, you, you can buy a, a basic license to, to go ahead and, and, and play music, which is what we do, Right. So for $1,500, like, I should be able to play. I, I can get a license. Okay. And we will to play the music. On the stream, for instance, what we, once we start monetizing, for instance, which is what mm-hmm. we're doing right now. So, like, for instance, we're live here from the Discovery Design Studio. So once we're back up uh, and, and we are um, on, the, the, we will play the music and, and not get flagged on the stream for it, for instance. But on Facebook, every time you play the music, they – are we back up yet, man? Yes. Okay. On Facebook, every time we play the music, uh, they shut us down. If you, if you play music on, on Facebook, they, they shut you down, and, and, it's, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand all of it. Well, because, I don't understand. Because they're, they're – they're, 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 there's no way in hell that this is a liability for them it, 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 because, because all it's doing is promoting their music. So why right. do they have algorithms built in on the thing? Unless people are making money off of it, but, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't monetize Facebook, so I don't know why they keep shutting it down when you're playing music. It doesn't make any sense to me, but they do that. I'm going to call Jimmy Hoff here real quickly. And, uh, and, and, and by the way... Uh, I am uh, going to get on this thing with I, – I, I, listen, I understand, and I got, I, got the, I got the message from somebody this morning on Facebook when I posted that thing, uh, this, this horrible, disturbing, vile picture I saw in the Post-Dispatch yesterday. And the vile, horrible, disturbing picture I saw was Claire McCaskill – lording over the governor's office. So as Parsons sat there, there's Claire McCaskill in the governor's office, by the way. Which, by the way, what is a sitting U.S. senator doing in the governor's office anyway? What is it, any of her concern, what's going on in state government at that point? And the Post-Dispatch made it all about Claire McCaskill. Claire McCaskill and others, Congresswoman Ann Wagner sitting there Mm -hmm. too, Claire McCaskill and others looking forward to a co-op- cooperative uh, fresh start. state government and a fresh start. It's like, well, um, excuse me, what the hell is a Democrat, left-wing Democrat doing hanging out with our new governor anyway? This is exactly what I feared. This is, this is swamperific, if you ask me. And you're looking at these people meeting in the governor's office and 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 and, and – Claire McCaskill giving her approval to our new governor. And that should scare the crap out of anybody out there listening right now or watching 
the, the what's unfolding down there in Jefferson City. This is a majorly disturbing development down there, and Claire McCaskill on a buzzer, big nose out of the, the situation down there. The left-wing Democrat has no business attaching herself to the governor's office, and the governor's office shouldn't have anything to do with it either. What is Parson doing hanging out with her? That's a great question. You're fired up about this one. I, I, this is fun. Well, because, you, because, I, when, because when I saw that picture, I saw all of us as Missourians basically bending over. Because let me tell you something. I didn't work my ass off to get President Trump elected and a Republican elected governor only to see Claire McCaskill sitting in his office. Right. I, amen. And, and, and that really disturbs me because now we're back to the old days. And, and, and whenever, a, whenever a Democrat talks about cooperation, you know what that means, right? You mean that, that means that in order to be de- described as being cooperative, you must abide by what the Democrats are doing. It's why what happens when you tell a Democrat to pound sand, you're divisive. But you're, but, but you're a uniter when you suck up to them. You're cooperative when you suck up to them. Claire McCaskill wants nothing other than absolute cooperation with her worldview. When is Claire McCaskill, what did Claire McCaskill say yesterday that any Republican could possibly like? Except I, I, I resign. I, I, <laughs> is the new governor a unibrow party guy? What does that mean? I don't know. I, 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 you know, bipartisan, I, a larger than usual theft is occurring. I got to get a hold of Jimmy here. But, but you know, again, I, it drives me crazy to see this. This is not something to celebrate. You know, and I realize these people out there, all the all the Parson bots out there, give the governor a chance. Give the and you know what? I get it that he was he was a former sheriff, and I understand all that stuff. Enough with that already. I don't like the way this thing looks here, and especially since they all—they were all part of the whole running of Eric Greitens out of office anyway. It turns out for nothing because they don't care about black dark money anymore. They certainly don't have any charges against the guy, so it just—it's it, very disturbing. Here, let me get Jimmy on here real quickly. I, I'm, I've got my Skype going here. Hang on, 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 hang on. I, I'm just now trying to uh, to do this here. I, I normally will. Uh, I did it last night and, and tested it out, and it worked pretty well. I just want I want to make sure he's on this uh, line here. That's loud in hell too. That's how it sounds when you're calling somebody on Skype. By the way, I'm giving you a little insight into the. You know. Good morning. This is Jim. Good morning this morning, Jim Hoft. How are you, buddy? The Gateway Pundit, thegatewaypundit.com. I'm calling you on Skype. That's why that number was unidentified. <laughs> I'm doing great, Jamie. Good morning. Just in case you thought it was the FBI or something. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Hey, man, what a huge, phenomenal development. I was describing this as President Trump winning North Korea, as if he hasn't won enough I think he just won North Korea. And this whole development is being met by the media with disdain because the, 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 because the president is hanging out with a despotic leader again. But what was your take on, on how everything unfolded in Singapore? 
you know, it was a historic night, and uh, nobody could have done this but Donald Trump. Uh, we're so blessed to have this guy as president. And this uh, this uh, amazing event, you can just, uh, you know, put it on the pile of the, the – the major successes this president has had already after 500 days. Um, and uh, I think one of his successes, too, is it's pretty apparent right now, and that is that he's going to expose the, the liberal media like we have never seen. Um, these hacks who uh, cannot control their disdain for this man um, are really just burying themselves in, in – uh, I don't know if they can ever recover from – from what we're watching today. Well, because they're, they're not cheering for this country. I mean, I, listen, I don't, <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to sit there and laud and, 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 and suck up and slobber all over Donald Trump. But at the very least, you could support your country as we're seeing a monumental development in terms of the long-term security of American citizens and our American military, and how you could sit there and look at this and still not think that this is a, this is a big deal is absolutely crazy. Uh, true. Um, and we, we saw last night, I'm, I'm uh, getting up and trying to uh, catch up with all the, everything I missed. Uh, Donald Trump was up for some 20-some hours, and uh, and so the rest of us are asleep, <laughs> you know, and get up trying to catch up to this guy. But what was really uh, incredible, what I'm seeing this morning, is we have this clown from CNN, Jim Acosta, who's blurting, blurting out questions again. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really amazing that they allow this person to still go back into the White House. The White House has not said, send somebody else, because his, his behavior is so inappropriate. Um, he was screaming out a question about Otto Warmbler, the uh, the kid who got, you know, beat to a pulp and they sent back in a in a coma. Um, he blurted out another question, uh, uh, screaming at uh, Kim Jong Un, uh, "Hey, you giving up your nukes?" So uh, just uh, really inappropriate what's going on uh, with, with this Acosta. And uh, here we have it. Here. It's, it's really shameful. Yeah, let me listen. Let me listen to it because it's it's. Uh... It's unbelievable how Acosta. This, but this is his gig. I mean, his whole gig is, you know, I, I am Jim Acosta. I'm my my whole job is going to be from here on out uh, to harass the president of the United States. That's going to be my thing. Yeah. Right, right, and that's uh, you know he looks like a, a little kid, Jamie. You got a yeah. bunch of kids. I mean, yeah, and <laughs> that's you know, what his behavior reminds me of. Yeah, and he's never really he's never actually been. I remember seeing him at the debate here, the presidential debate, and he really has never really been necessarily a, uh, you know, a guy who is, um, who he never had a, a lot of credit at CNN. And I, I think a lot of the people who are at CNN are dumbfounded by his rise. There was at one t- time a talk about him uh, having his own show and everything, and some of these people have been working there for a long time, and Acosta was kind of like... <laughs> one of these weekend players really didn't have a whole lot going on. Yeah. Well, uh, everybody knows him now. And he, and, uh, that's his gig is to get under the president's skin yeah, and, yeah. uh, listen, listen, act, to, act inappropriately. And it's yeah. just, uh, yeah, it's, the, it's the, disgusting. This, this is Acosta here with the, if we can hear it. 
I mean, just sh- and, and shouting questions to Kim Jong Un as if Un is going to understand. First of all, I mean, keep in mind the entirety of the meeting was had to be held with an interpreter, right? So Acosta is just shouting questions <laughs> at Kim Jong Un, and Kim Jong Un doesn't have like an interpreter. Uh, Who's who's on board and and available to interpret Jim Acosta's questions? So really, all it is is really just a stunt, <laughs> right? And uh, and it it just shows how uh, you know inappropriate our media is today. These these people aren't serious journalists; they're just trying to get gotcha points. Yeah, and, and the, it's pretty obvious with that display. TheGatewayPundit.com dot com also has a really interesting bit. And although some of your videos being flagged because of the of the copyright on it, but you have a mm. really interesting bit here about President Trump, and this is back in 1999. All right, talking about right. North Korea. Here, listen to this. As far as nuclear is concerned, this country, us, we need a shield because Russia is unstable. A strategic North defense initiative. We need a missile defense shield. And if we don't have one, and if we don't start developing, and now, you know, people used to criticize Reagan. The fact is now it's very developable, and we need a shield. Yeah, that was back in the day when he even ID'd North Korea as a growing threat. And lo and behold, 1999 is when Trump made those comments. We went through a decade and a half of both Republican and Democrat presidents who did nothing about it. And, and, and now Trump the businessman, Trump the celebrity, becomes Trump the president and says, I'll get this, I'll take care of this, thank you very much, and did. Right, and uh, we saw the media this weekend uh, poking at Trump because he had said on, uh, while he was in Canada that he had been preparing his whole life for this meeting with Kim Jong-un. And uh, Trump was right, and here's the proof is that he was talking about this 20 years ago. Um, and, and thinking about how to deal with this menace over there. So, uh, uh, again, uh, what an incredible person and really the right person at the right time to lead this country. Yeah, no doubt about it. What, what was up with Hannity wanting to... Uh, the sanctions have- alone have crippled North Korea's horrible economy. So make no mistake, in North Korea today, their situation is dire. And Kim Jong-un's kingdom deals with widespread hunger and poverty. That is a threat to his power. And by the way, on a scale we're not seeing anywhere else in the world. And as Kim Jong-un comes here, they could take a look at just how beautiful South uh, Singapore is and say, hmm, maybe we can do this in my country. Because the North Korean economy is so distressed. Even Kim Jong-un, remember, reportedly needed financial assistance to get a hotel room here in Singapore. I'll let him stay with me if he wants. I'll sleep on the couch. So he offered Jung a place in his in his hotel room. Amazing. I mean, I just I, you know, and believe me, I talked to somebody last night. I had to do a swim meet with the kids and everything else, and the, the all the talk there was about what was going on in North Korea. And more than a few people said, you know, had this been Obama, he they would have given him the Nobel Peace Prize before he even got there. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they did with Obama. That's funny. They gave him a Nobel Peace Prize for winning an election because he was just and thinking then, about uh, peace, <laughs> <laughs> right? And then Obama went ahead and uh, tore up the Middle East. You know, it'll never be the same after his policies. This was uh, this was great. You know, uh, Jamie, I've traveled over. I have a twin brother in Hong Kong, and we've gone to uh, Philippines and uh, Phuket and Thailand, and uh, I've gone to Hong Kong and mainland China. 
And what's, what's amazing about this part of the world is, and you've heard Donald Trump speak about this before, everything they have over there is brand new. All the airports, the roads, the highways, you know, uh, it's, the infrastructure is just amazing and beautiful. The wealth, uh, you could just feel it, uh, the excitement. Uh, this really is, uh, you know, an area that's ready to boom. They said that it's, this is the century of Asia and I truly believe it. So, uh, I can't imagine what Kim Jong-un must be seeing. Cause this is a guy who hasn't left the country, uh, except to go to China, you know, for the past, uh, since he was in, uh, going to Swiss schools for high school or whatever that was. So, uh, uh, he must be just blown away with the wealth of Singapore of all places, uh, so uh, Hannity's right. Um, this is uh, this certainly should open his eyes. I don't know how what's going to happen, you know, in, in, ahead of this uh, this uh, summit, but um, uh, or from this summit. But uh, certainly, it opened his eyes to the wealth of the Western world. Well, and you know what's interesting too about Singapore and many of these other Southeast Asian countries, and 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 even in that area. They are, they're the reasons why China itself has a trade deficit. They are, they are the reasons why China is having to cooperate with us at the level that it never had to before because it has competition. I mean, the, the economies of many of these Southeast Asian countries are growing exponentially and are creating competition for China, and, that, and that's a good thing. So when you mention all this uh, – concentration of growing wealth and the newness of everything, uh, that actually is keeping China on its toes. It's a good thing. Oh, absolutely. It's good. And you know, what happened was China, um, my twin brother wrote a a book about this, but China, uh, they acquired some capitalist principles and they allowed people to own land. They allowed people to uh, profit from their own, you know, labors. And it has lifted uh, uh, I think uh, hundreds of millions of people out of poverty in, in China since they've done this. It's a completely different nation. So, uh, uh, you know, it, it goes to show you that these countries that uh, move away from socialism see a lot of growth. And then the countries that, uh, you know, like Venezuela, uh, we're seeing just the opposite in their, in their country today. Yeah, Venezuela, unbelievable. That, what, what, a, what a story of the collapse of socialism and and the, almost the sure failure of any kind of installation of socialism in your country. It's unbe- do you realize? Did you hear that polio is coming back to Venezuela? I mean, oh gosh! I mean, how awful! Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, can you imagine how backwards it's getting there, where people are starving, where there's a, where there are only a few people who still can you know actually have groceries, and now polio is coming back. Thank you, socialism. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, that's awful. It just sounds like a hor- horrific uh, place to be right now. You know, I think I'd like the uh, – I was wondering what – I was trying to recall the uh, old-school Singapore sling, the drink. <laughs> and I think I, I – think I, actually, I think I would like a Singapore sling. It's gin-based. And it was developed around 1915, so that's pretty old school. So right now you have... How about that? Yeah, you have um, gin, bottled sweet and sour, and grenadine. Yeah, 
that's a little mm. sweet for me. But um, I would have I would I would have a little more gin and a little less sweet and sour. <laughs> but sounds, uh-huh. it looks pretty good. The old Singapore sling. So how about that, Jimmy? I know you don't do a lot of you don't always do a lot of local politics, but I I want to run this by you really quickly, and and see whether I'm off here, and and maybe too lathered up about this, but I am. I was highly disturbed to see a picture in the Post-Dispatch or on the line in the Post-Dispatch, and, and there's none other than Claire McCaskill sitting next to Governor Parson. I mean, Ann Wagner, who's the Republican congresswoman, wasn't even sitting next to Governor Parson. But there was Claire McCaskill kind of lording over this photo with Governor Parson, the governor's... Uh, office and the post-dispatch heralding Claire McCaskill's approval of our new governor. And I'm thinking to myself, first of all, what the hell is a left-wing U.S. senator doing in the governor's office to begin with, a Republican governor's office, and how is it that the post-dispatch has managed to make this all about Claire McCaskill and whether or not she approves of Parson? And also, it reminded me that whenever I see these guys together, Republicans and Democrats all meeting together in this way, I u- it usually means bad things for the people, not good. <laughs> right. That's amazing. I, I didn't see that. Um, it's also free advertising for Claire. They're trying to paint her as some moderate, um, willing to you know reach across party lines, which is, you know, as we know, Claire's record was... Uh, she did anything Obama, you know, asked her to do. And uh, she was the vote for Democrats whenever they needed her. Um, so, yeah, what, what a ridiculous uh, thing to put in the paper. And then, uh, uh, again, she's trying desperately in a state that Trump won by nearly 20 points to look like she's some moderate for the people, which, of course, Jamie, you know and I know it's all a sham. On top of that, now that you mention it, how is it possible that Parson allowed this to happen? Yeah, good point. Um, again, I haven't seen it yet, but wow, that's uh, you know that's exactly what Claire wanted, and uh, they gave it to her. So shame on whoever um, played played along with this little game by the McCaskill right. campaign. How is it how is it possible that Parson? And the Missouri GOP and everybody else allowed this, these optics to occur. And if you look at the picture, Congresswoman Ann Wagner sitting there like she's just kind of like a third party there. And, and, and did you see the headline in the Post-Dispatch was uh, read, I mean, McCaskill and others. And she's, <laughs> she's sitting next to Ann, our, our Congresswoman, Ann Wagner. But, but Ann Wagner becomes the okay. and others in the Post-Dispatch. The fact that the Republican Party and Parsons' office allowed this to happen is unreal. Yeah, that's, uh, that really is amazing. Um, so, uh, it's, again, it's just more tricks from the liberal media. And unfortunately, I, they, they must work because... Uh, uh, they continue to do little pranks like this and try to play the people. Golly, Sad. To, to see this in a situation where we have, uh, to, to, to see how 
how Governor Greitens and the election of Governor Greitens was just absolutely yanked out right from under our feet. And now we see the swamp all back together again there in that office is just unbelievable. And I'm sure are there are there a bunch of people on Facebook going, give Parson a chance. Uh, no. Okay, good. No, because that's all, that's all, all I'm hearing from some of these, these, these swamp rats out there. Not who your, are talking your, about? You know, but but it's driving me nuts, and and it's and I don't know whether it's because I, I'm trying to find out whether I'm overreacting, but I, I don't think I am. So anyway, I'll leave you alone. Oh. I'll leave you out of this, Jimmy. You have other things to do. <laughs> you have a nice little morning yeah. to deal with. All right, right, right. All right. Well, thanks for being with us, man, and. Um, Congratulate me on a successful Skype call from my computer. So, just to let you know. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Fantastic. It's the little things. All right, me. Jimmy. All right, buddy. It's gay week. Yep. Jimmy Hall. Talk to you soon. See you, buddy. Okay, bye. <clears throat> Your peeps are we're all over it. Good, because I, I don't want to come across. Here's the deal. And, and, and this is, you know, I always have to prep. Oh, yeah, I know. We're going to give him a chance. Okay. First chance has already passed. And the chance I gave him was to stand up for Republicans who fought their asses off to get a Republican in the, in the, in the governor's office. And, and we, didn't, we didn't fight our asses off to get a governor in the, in, in the Missouri governor's office only to have Claire McCaskill camping out in it and lording over it. I, you know, I, I don't. Does, does Parson think that's a good sh- picture? See, these I, people, every- these people will do anything to try and make themselves look like they are powerful, even if it means throwing Republicans and conservatives under the bus. Whoever arranged that photo ought to be fired. Hmm. Gia. I, I'm, I'm loving how fired up you are on this. Okay. Well, then let me and tell like you veins something. are coming out of your neck and your face is real red and you're sputtering and muttering. I love it. I love it. Keep going. Don't stop. All right. Don't Good. stop. Uh, here, I'll go. I'll go to it. I'll, I'll, okay, I'll go because I'll go to it. Here, let me get to my, my, uh, my Facebook page here um, and, and get it going on here because this is driving me crazy. So I, I read the I see the article, and and you know what really bothers me is that no one else seems to be upset about this. Like I'm the only I go on Twitter, I go on Facebook. I mean, you no, know, my people are, but is there anybody with any friggin' balls in this state who can who can get out there and 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 and, and on their radio shows or whatever else they have and just and do this? My gosh, okay? I get it. Parson was a sheriff once. Great! That doesn't mean I have to approve of everything the dude does. Well, you know, he was a sheriff once, and he supports law enforcement. I get it. Don't have Claire McCaskill's big old butt sitting in your office like that, especially when you have a picture taken where you're sitting there and it's all about Claire, and the Post-Dispatch made it so, and you let it happen. You let it happen. 
you know, I'm getting on my face. I'm getting on the Facebook things. I, I got to look at the article again because they, they've since taken it off. What they do is they do this thing where they have the article, they give it the one shot there for her, and then and then they and then and then they take it off, and then it's about his state of the thing and a new era in Missouri government and all that kind of thing. And the internet sucks in this place, so I can't. I mean, everything is going so slow. And and um, I so I put it up on the Facebook page. And, um, and, and, oh, here, okay. Um, the, the headline was McCaskill Others, okay? And I'm looking at the picture, and I'm seeing McCaskill next to Ann Wagner. All right, so Mike Parson and Ann Wagner and the rest of the GOP allowed themselves to be totally punked out by Claire McCaskill. And to the point where the Post-Dispatch, and I know that uh, these guys don't, the writers don't write the headlines, but it says, McCaskill others. So that's that's what your Congresswoman Ann Wagner has become in the Post-Dispatch's eyes, and the GOP let it happen. She's become others. McCaskill others say new governor striking cooperative tone unlike Greitens. And why is it important for us as Republicans or as conservatives for Governor Parson to strike a cooperative tone? What exactly what exactly is Governor Parson going to cooperate with? That's a great question. I don't know. Mark Kaysen says no one will be Eric. Turns down the air conditioner in this friggin' place. Lord have mercy. For 10 degrees in here. Really not happy with this place. But, you know, uh, the, um, what, what exactly is it that, that, that Parson is going to be cooperating on? Versus Governor Greitens. Where was he uncooperative? Well, he was uncooperative in basically telling lefties to to suck it, and and, and the and, and the Democrats that uh, are are their time has is over, and they've ruined the, they've they've ruined the economy of the state, and then to the swamp Republicans, he was telling them your days are done too, and and see that's what the swamp wants when they describe it as cooperation, they want you. The swamp and the left wing—they want you to, uh, to to acquiesce to what they mm-hmm. want. They want you to be the ones. Uh, that's why they call you divisive and everything else. Is because they want you to agree with what they they want to pursue. But I would love to know what uh, what cooperative tone Governor Parson is is emitting to Claire McCaskill. And by the way. Uh, GOP and Governor Parson, do you know that we're involved in a pretty significant, huge Senate race? Uh, where, where we're trying to unseat Claire McCaskill? And, and you let her sit next to you? Is it, is it, beca- is it because she's, is it, is it because she is a, uh, like, is it because of her? Does, does a senator rank higher than a congresswoman? Is that what this is all about? Is that why Ann Wagner gets a second seat to Claire McCaskill? 
in in a in a Republican governor's office? How did this happen? And and, and how did you let it happen? And now suddenly Claire McCaskill is sitting next to Governor Parson, the Republican governor, and 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 Ann Wagner's kind of pulling up the rear here. And she gets everything she wants out of this thing. And all the moderates out there are like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's the Claire McCaskill we know. The one is so moderate. I mean, uh, she becomes moderate every six years. Yeah. I mean, I just, it, it drives me crazy. <sighs> anyway, I mean, I might be overweight. What's everybody saying, by the way? Uh, oh, Missouri lost yeah. big when we lost Greitens. Uh, they designed it that way. I mean, it just it it, 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 you know, maybe I'm just overreacting because I'm upset about how things played out with the uh, with the Greitens thing. I mean, maybe that's what's really bothering me. Uh, But but I have to tell you, it is not that this whole past two weeks, we've seen a governor basically pushed out of office over dark money and an alleged sexual assault or whatever it was they called that only to see him resign and then have everybody who was concerned about dark money no longer concerned about it and everybody prosecuting the alleged sexual photo privacy thing dropping everything. Can I, re- can I repeat how things have gone here, okay? We, we have seen over the past couple of weeks Republicans and Democrats basically mobbing Governor Greitens over the issue of dark money. If, if you ask the Republicans and Democrats why they were going after Eric Greitens, oh, no, it's not because he's a Republican. It's not because he's a... He's a trying to take our tax credits away. No, 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 no. What this is about, Jamie, is uh, dark money. I mean, it's very important because if we don't get rid of dark money uh, or we ask the Post-Dispatch, why are you people like hounding this guy? Tony Message would be like, well, because dark money is such a big issue. You know, it's such a uh, dark money is very, very diabolical and dark money is, uh, we have to end this uh, dark money thing. Like, uh, okay. I, then go ahead with your dark money investigation. Yes, we have to, because it's it's just as imperative that we have hearings, and we might even impeach the governor over that. Yeah, you know, okay. Well, if I guess if there's if there's really something illegal going on I, or whatever, then no, I get you. Uh, and then and then of course and then of course there are these charges. Uh, the fact that that he's accused of a felony is just terrible. And, and I know, but but didn't Kim Gardner drop that? Yes, but she dropped it because she was going to testify. And, you know, you can't have a circuit attorney testifying. I'm like, yeah, you can. She just has to just testify and have somebody else handle the case. No, just, well, you know what we'll do? We'll give it to the Jackson County prosecutor. She'll take care of this. And then we'll find out what the truth is. I'm like, okay. So in the meantime, we have dark money. We have the accused privacy invasion or sex, whatever it is. Um, dungeon thing or whatever they're doing in those two things. Then we have a governor resign. Then right after the governor resigns, it's like, hey, how's that dark money hearing going? Yeah, 
we're, you know, we're going to drop our subpoena for the dark money. We're not that interested in it anymore. I'm like, wait a minute. You just didn't you spend the past five months blathering on about it? Big fat felon Scott Vaughn was talking about it at Missouri Times and all of his pigeons in the Republican Party, Shemed Dogan and Jeannie Evans and Kathy Conway, perching themselves up on his Missouri Times show, fanning themselves over the corruption that we're seeing in the governor's office and how horrible it is. Now suddenly they're just all dropping everything. No more investigation of dark money, no nothing. Then what happens? We see the Jackson County prosecutor. You know, on second thought, there's not a shred of evidence that the governor committed a crime. We're like, um, oh, oh, isn't that what the Governor Greitens people said? Uh, all along. All along? Then yesterday. <laughs> and then the picture. And, and everything has been stolen from us in the formulation of this, this hack job, this witch hunt against Governor Greitens that now apparently, I, I, where's, where's Shamed Dogan now in front of a microphone talking about, don't drop the dark money thing. This is very important. None of them are anywhere to be seen. Because everybody's happy now, Gia. Everybody, everybody, now, now, okay, come on in, Claire McCaskill. Welcome to the Republican governor's office. Have a seat. That's, that's where we are right now. And, and oh, and the post-dispatch celebrating that, oh, now everything's back to a cooperative standpoint where Republicans are now cooperating with Democrats. Isn't that what we wanted after all? It's like, since when has a Democrat ever talked about cooperating when, they, when they're in power with Republicans? Elections have consequences. Elections have, remember, elections have consequences. Uh, you're out of power now. You're this, you're that. But that's, where, that's, that's how far we've come in a matter of weeks from all that to a picture delivered to us via the Post-Dispatch of a Republican governor sitting there and sucking up to a left-wing Democrat senator who basically has pushed herself into his office, got a photo opportunity with her next to him, and a headline in the Post declaring that the left-wing senator from the state of Missouri approves of the brand-new governor. I, uh, everybody here and me, we all, I, you have every reason to be fired up. <clears throat> We're fired up. I mean, these people are upset. Yeah. They're with you. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of, of, of us watching, uh, like it would be like if a carjacker took your car and you just had to watch, and, and, and you just had to watch them drive around, and when you needed to go someplace, you called the carjacker to come pick you up. That's what that's mm-hmm. like. Hey, um, car, I know you stole my car, but I need a ride. Can you come pick me up? That's what our life is like now as Republicans and as conservatives in the state of Missouri after they carjacked, well, in this case, and then crashed our car. But now we have to, now we're, now, now we have, to have them come and pick us up. It's unbelievable. Depressing. We, it is. Well, yeah, I'm kind of down now. Just, I mean, you're. It's okay. You, you need to rant, but. No, it's not a reason to be down. 
It's it's a it's a reason to to get out there and and fight. And 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 and, and, and you know, I'm sick of people keep telling me that Parson was a former sheriff. I don't care anymore. These guys scare me down there. And 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 I, and I will tell you also that Parson listen. I'm sure he's a good guy. I get it. Whatever. But we need to be able to retain the governor's mansion and the governor's office in 2020. And, and, and you're not going to do it by becoming more like the other guys. It's never worked. It, when, it never works when Republicans and conservatives become more like Democrats to win elections. You don't need to. You don't need to. Because Governor Greitens was elected, President Trump was elected here in the state of Missouri. You don't need to become more like the other person to get yourself going. And I'm sure that there are people telling Parson that if he just kind of is everybody's governor, that in 2020 he'll win. And, and it doesn't work that way. Jason Kander's going to get out there or whatever. Is it Jason Kander? Who almost beat Roy Blunt, by the way. You, you, you do know that, don't you? That, that Roy Blunt barely won his U.S. Senate seat back. You, you do remember that, correct? And, and Kander is the one who almost beat him. And you do realize that the Democrats will basically try anything in terms of their money to make sure that Kander is the next governor of the state of Missouri. I mean, you, you can't win by raising the white flag. Right. Or by adopting the colors of the enemy flag. It doesn't work that way. And if Parson thinks, and unfortunately, I think he thinks that the this little confab with Claire McCaskill makes him a man of the people, and it and it and it doesn't. And and I also believe that if you're going to have federally elected officials in a state governor office, which I don't understand that either. I don't even understand what Claire McCaskill has to do with anything going on right now with, with, with the state. I realize there's, there's a little bit of synergy there in terms of budgets and in terms of this and in terms of that. Uh, but but I, was, I was also upset to see that, that Ann Wagner wasn't given a more prominent role in that configuration. Yeah. Ann Wagner yeah. shouldn't have been sitting, shouldn't, shouldn't have been bringing up the caboose of that little configuration. I don't know who those other people were in there. The others. Well, she and Wagner was uh, part of the others. I know. There were other others. Yeah, but but again, I just I I'm, I'm I hate I'm not being pessimistic here. I'm trying to fire people up to realize that you have had something stolen from you. The people who stole it from you and gave you a reasons why it was necessary to steal it from you, now no longer care about those reasons anymore. 
They were wrong about Governor Greitens committing a crime, and they were wrong from the very beginning. But it goes to show you all you need to do is bring charges if you're a political corrupt hack like Kim Gardner, and you could ruin anybody. Because mm-hmm. keep in mind, when, when Kim Gardner, you, know, you, could, you could basically, in, and, it's, and it's darn true, you could indict a ham sandwich. And Kim Gardner indicted a ham sandwich. That's what she did. It's not, and then and then once the indictment happened, and 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 you got your your mugshot of the governor, you were off to the races. You were you were ready to go. You 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 had everything you needed, and the truth didn't matter to anybody. The truth didn't matter to Republicans. The truth didn't matter to newspapers. The truth didn't matter to the media. And I mean, it's it's not surprising that Tony Messenger, who is a guy who once accused a lawmaker of rape in one of his columns and got away with it, it's not surprising that they had the same tactic with Governor Greitens. But but that was a lie what they put forth with him, and and, and probably paid for by the way. That $100,000 payoff thing, nobody seems to care about that either anymore. Paul Kurtman was in here last week, thankfully, and said he's still concerned about that, that money and where it came from and why and, and who, who gave it. But come on. I mean, how, how is it possible we can sit back and accept this kind of treachery and this, this kind of a witch hunt that basically just wore... Uh, Greitens down, and then and then they continued on with this whole dark money thing, and apparently that's not important to them anymore. But once once you have established a lie and you just keep repeating it enough, it becomes fact. It it, it becomes the way they are going to operate. You know, the same thing happened to me when when it was when it was determined. And, and, and they will, and they will re- live to regret this, these newspapers will, when, the, when they determine that this tweet of mine represented a threat to sexually assault somebody. I mean, the, without any factual basis to, to say that, without any factual basis to bring that up and, 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 and state that as a matter of fact, but we had, I had newspapers stating it as a matter of fact. That I threatened to sexually assault David Hogg without without any factual basis whatsoever. They just made it up. Pick a headline, make it up. Yeah, say whatever you want. And and, and that's what they did. So it's it's really easy. You have all if you have all the 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 things in place, and, and, and with Governor Greitens definitely did. You had a you had a corrupt Democrat justice structure in the formulation of the circuit attorney's office. You had a corrupt newspaper organization known known as the Post Dispatch. You had a Democrat party. Actually, you know what? It's interesting. The people who were probably the most fair to Governor Greitens were two Democrats. Tommy Pearson and some other chick, can't remember her name now, who were on this committee. 
the, the, some members of the Democratic Party actually were more fair to him than members of the Republican Party in mm. the state of Missouri. And, and, and you had all this, these things in place that led to basically the, 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 the governor's removal here. And, and now look what we have. Nice little happy family up there in Jefferson City or down there or over there or whatever you want to call it in Jefferson City. Claire McCaskill and Governor Parson. Now we're, we, we can feel so good about uh, how things are going to go now, now, now that everybody's cooperating. My, I get on my rant about civility. That, uh, that's, that's a part of all this, too. That's what do you mean? I, just there's civility in general anymore. It's, it's gone. There is no civility. There's no uh, regard, respect, class. Uh, civility is it's in the trash. It's gone. You mean uh, civility as it relates to who? Like- S- politically, socially, societally, everywhere you look, I just don't, I think the civility is also, play, it plays a role in all of this. So do you think that the approach to, is, are you saying that the, the situation with Governor Greitens was uncivil? Is that what you mean? I, I, yeah, I mean, I think there's an element of that for sure. Right. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I mean, you've been going nuts about it. Well, it wasn't that it was uh, – yeah, I just was – I just couldn't figure it yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it just – it's – I mean, I, Kim, Gar- Kim Gardner, the whole, the whole thing, the, the dark money, I, it, it's all just the, the, the slander and the horrible things that were said. It just – I don't know. I'm, I, lay, I, I just – I don't – I'm not in politics, but I don't – I don't want to play that dirty. I want to be classy about how I manage my life and how I manage people, how I talk about people. Even public figures, I think, deserve some civility. Right. And, and you don't think Governor Greitens was given that? No, not right. at all. Um, uh, because the, the, I think they deserve more than anything honesty. Uh, like, like, for instance, I don't need to be civil about a meeting between Claire McCaskill and Mike Parson. Correct. Correct. Okay. So, so maybe it's a matter what we're dealing with with Greitens is it's a matter of honesty. That that maybe maybe people or, or, or ethics, ethics for that matter. I mean, where where you have clearly a a circuit attorney in the form of Kim Gardner who abused her power, and yet there's there's no one who is taking her to task for it. No one. Right. I don't even I don't even know where the where this complaint against her regarding perjury went. I mean, certainly the Post Dispatch isn't interested in any of this. They're more interested in in this idea that that everything's now back to normal and everything's okay. And there's Claire McCaskill sitting in in her uh, in the in in the governor's office, and everything's fine now. And yet we have we have a lot of this isn't what they're what they're trying to do is they're they're trying to kind of tie this up and send it away and and, and to be done with it and there's no doubling back on well wait a minute wait a minute uh, why did you have a whole hearing on dark money and now you you no longer you issued the subpoena. For the dark money, why'd you why'd you drop the subpoena for the dark money? Why 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 wouldn't you still be interested in that? What where did the money come from? 
that was dropped off at the at the lawyer's office. And 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 how is it possible that Kim Gardner was able to essentially violate the law by hiring an extraneous investigator to come in? Why did he lie when he said he wasn't taking notes when we saw a video of him taking notes? All these things. We we have no answers and and no curiosity from anybody except us on the radio here. Uh, the news, and, and that's one of the problems with having a one newspaper town and also one of the problems with having television stations in town, journalistic enterprises, that are mostly just concerned about fires and jackknife, jackknife tractor trailers and murders. Because you have no one who was looking into any of this stuff whatsoever. No one remotely curious. And, and, and you have barely even any lawmakers out there. Is there any Republican out there, aside from Paul Kurtman, who, who I've heard from, and Nick Schroer to a certain degree, is there any Republican out there who was demanding a further investigation on this? Anybody? Can I give you a compliment? Yeah. In all of this? Yes. You know what you're really good at? Yes. You're what? good at, you're getting us over the grieving period. And getting us fired up to fight. Yes, that's what you're doing. Because look what look what's ha- look what's happening in front of our eyes. Yeah, but you're telling us to you know stop stop the crying. You know we can get we can be fired up and angry, but let's let's get everybody make, yeah. make them aware and fight. Let's go. I I don't like seeing <clears throat> people cooperate sometimes. Right. I think bipartisanship Radio is overrated. Uh, I, I, you know, be, because usually what that means is you're simply because because a Democrat never has to be bipartisan. A Democrat never has to be cooperative. We're the ones who always have to be cooperative, or or we're accused of being divisive, right? Yes. How many times have you heard Absolutely. how divisive President Trump is? And I'm like, why? Because President Trump disagrees with you? Oh, you're you're very you're very divisive. I'm like, why? Because I don't agree with your you're point right. of view. But that's always what the you need to be more bipartisan. What? You mean approve of your policies instead of mine? I mean, that's where we're at right now. And and I so when I saw in the aftermath of Greitens uh, being hounded out of office, when I saw that, and I, I saw all these Republicans going, it's now time for the state to move on. It's like, no, 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 it's not. No, it, no, it's not time. It's a new day for Missouri. It's like, no, no, it's not. Because we still have some questions about what happened. We still, we still have questions about what happened with your committees and your subpoenas over dark money that you suddenly have dropped. Right. We have questions about the questions you had that no longer exist. That nobody cares about. Right. And that's one of the problems with having, again, I'll double back to the, to the, to the one newspaper town uh, where we don't have another newspaper that cares about any of this stuff. And... We don't have television stations with staffs or, or with management, usually management that 
that just got here from, you know, Spokane, Washington or something, who, who only all they know, they're local news managers, and all they know is how to cover murders, fires, and jackknife tractor trailers. They know nothing about government. They know nothing about what's going on. And so they, they're not remotely curious about what's happening here. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't think, I don't, I'm not, you know, I, I listen, I, I do, I know Mike Parson. I mean, I, I know people who know him and I know he's a, he's a good guy, but I don't trust the people around him. I don't trust the people who allowed for this photograph to be taken of him and Claire McCaskill and others that was reported in the Post-Dispatch, that's, that was a major, that's a major mistake. And, and, and especially, Gia... I wonder Gia, what Ann Wagner feels about it. Especially, Gia, when we're, we're... Well, if I called in, even if I texted Ann Wagner right now, there's no way she would, she would talk about this at, the, at this stage of the game. And Roy Blunt won't even, even return my phone call anymore. So, you know, it's it's one of these things where where uh, you you are also in a very important upcoming Senate race, and Claire McC- we're trying to unseat Claire McCaskill. How are you giving her this opportunity to lord over a Republican governor's office this way? Anyway, I've beaten this up. We're going to come back. We're going to talk North Korea. You need, you need a Jong-un. song in your life. Cute little Kim Jong-un. Cute little puppy dog. Being led around by puppet, puppy master Trump. I'm going to deflate a little bit here. I'm going to apologize to Matt for yelling at him about the air conditioning. I didn't really yell at you, Matt, about the air conditioning. I just yelled at the air conditioning. Kind of like this uh, vibe here. You know who this is, don't you? Do you need this to calm me down? Because I was thinking you needed like a thrasher song. No, I wouldn't <laughs> calm me down. This is this is my favorite song. This calms me down a lot. This is um Miles Davis. And Miles. And John Coltrane. Someday my prince will come? Yeah. Facebook going to flag me for this? Keep talking. Maybe if I keep talking through it. Blow my nose through it. <laughs> Facebook wouldn't dare pull this off while I'm... You know, it's, I love listening to this kind of music, this, this actual song here, because... Um, when you listen to the the plaintive muted horn of Miles Davis, you really feel like you really feel like that that music thinks that someday its prince will come. You really do think that, don't you? Absolutely. You know that, like this, they mean that that someday their prince is gonna come. I'm telling you. Oh, you can hear it. 
should be sitting in a a lounge. You are. <laughs> I am. You're right. I am. But I don't have a martini in my hand. You have it in your cup. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Spread rumors. There's coffee in there. I'm drinking a Singapore and no sling. Really- <laughs> interesting that it's made with gin that's your that's your jam my jam yeah but yeah it's it's sweet all that sweet stuff yeah. no the sweet stuff keep, keeps you from uh drinking a lot of it this is true and there's no sense <laughs> in drinking gin when you don't drink a lot of it <laughs> as far as i'm concerned you know what I mean? That's it's why I drink dirty martinis. You're right. Don't give me any of those cosmopolitan uh, espresso chocolate. Skinny martinis? Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Uh-oh. Here comes John Coltrane. Watch out. Yeah. As Snodger would say, run and hide. Got the big boy here. Wisconsin. Miles Davis came out and played with his back to the audience the entire time. Wow. Choice. Miles Davis was kind of a crabby guy. He was, um, he didn't appreciate the fact that he didn't like the fact that when he was younger and stuff, he, he was really kind of mistreated. You know, black dude, you know, he's wasn't allowed to play in some white establishment. He, he, really, he really resented that. You can hardly blame him. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah, he had this big, beautiful, flowing, colored coat on. And uh, he had a lot of young musicians with him because he was cool about that. He'd have his big band and everything mm-hmm. else. He'd have all these young musicians with him, and he would uh, he'd bring them up, you know? Yeah. So you'd go to see Miles Davis, but he had all these really great... Introduce some... Great people with him. Aw, your partner today is solid. Did you hear that, Jamie? Aw. Aw. Shia. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. Well, it's always nice to have somebody around and just watch you while you yell. Sorry. And, oh, I, I, it was great. I just need a popcorn and a soda. Let's go. But not everybody. But you're not entertaining. I mean, it, it, I, shouldn't say, I shouldn't say that like you are in some way entertaining for me, like, a, you know, comedic. You are, you know, the passion. The passion that you have and the, yeah. the uh, how vehement you are about these things. That's what's enjoyable to watch. Not everybody uh, will yell and scream in your presence and then play you Miles, Miles Davis, Davis and John Coltrane. <laughs> Just to kind of, you know, flow I feel, I feel it. I can feel my shoulders are starting to go down. Yeah. Mm. Relax. 
in your pre your pre muni mode. This is, uh, I, don't know, I can't figure it out where this is. I could, I could drive 90 miles an hour and listen to this, or I could just sit in a nice little sunroom with the ceiling fan on and a gauze drapes, window open, raining outside. Way. You know who I used to listen to a lot to kind of chill me out is George Winston. Oh, yeah. George Winston. <laughs> George Winston. <laughs> I like George Winston. I haven't Winston. listened to George Winston oh, in a long Lord. time. I saw him in concert. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a barefoot guy like you, Jamie. Yeah. He likes to play the piano without his uh, shoes on. Yeah, George Winston. I've seen him. I saw him in Madison, Wisconsin. He is... Uh, He's all 80s, you know? Oh, yeah. Let's see if I have some of him. George Winston was uh, part... There's a whole class of musicians during that time uh-huh. that are kind of like that. God, this is a great song, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic. I had the occasion to go to this uh, event at the Grand Dahl a few months back called Tap Dynamics. Oh. And it was a trio of tap dancers that were wickedly talented. But all of the tap was done to Miles Davis. It was awesome. Well, they tapped to Miles Davis? Yes. And it was a live orchestra. Wow. That was playing. It was fantastic. Well, I shouldn't say it was a live orchestra. That's not. It was a bass, drums, and piano. So just three pieces, but it was, they were fantastic. Because that is not easy to do rhythmically. So they were extremely well rehearsed. They were a solid group. It was neat. Yeah, that would be hard to do, I would Very think. hard. It's like, a t- like they would tap to like something like this, you think? Oh, yeah, I saw it. There was, it was all over the place. The tempos were all over the place, and it was, it was really amazing. And it wasn't all, it wasn't all improv. There were moments when the performers did improv, but there were times that the three of them were in unison with a rehearsed number with these musicians, and it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. If they ever come back, I think they are actually. Maybe, uh, I'll have to look on the website, but they, uh, you can see them at the Grand L. See them at the Grand L. Let's see if I can play this clip again. Should I, should I try to play the clip again? I'm going to try to. You know why? Because I don't give up. So I'll stay here until 7 o'clock tonight if, to get this clip going. If I have to. And you'll stay here with I'll me. St- yeah. Well, is, does that bar open by that time? Oh. Yeah. Okay, good. Just making sure. It's open now. I don't drink I mean, in the morning. It's not open as in open, but you walk back there. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's there. Oh, another George Winston. Windham Hill. Oh yeah, Windham Hill Records. Windham right. Hill. Yeah. yeah, there now you're on okay, now okay, now we're yeah. in the in the vibe here. <laughs> oh yeah, Windham Hill Records. 
That was, and they had a but. Okay, you want to try another one? Uh, Liz Story. Liz Story. Wow. Yeah, from when all these these people were that. that Tori thank Amos? you for that. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, she was with Windermill. I thought so. Was she? No, maybe she wasn't. Wait. No. With, uh, the, Wyndham Hill. That's yeah, Wyndham funny. Hill Records. It was Liz Story, and uh, who else? Man, now you now you're taking that that person. because there's a whole there was a whole group of people who were with Wyndham Hill Records, and 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 George Winston was like the first one uh, with Wyndham Hill, and then you had Liz Story and and all these other people on there. Are you getting the clip? Yeah, I'm getting something. He, I got, I, how how is it possible that I got George Win? Oh, George Winston, but it's his um, it's his dumb Christmas album. Hold on a second here. <laughs> <laughs> There's the snort. His yes. Because I said dumb and Christmas at the same time. <laughs> Hell for that. I'm kidding. Jamie. Yes, God. Did you say dumb and Christmas in the same sentence? Yes. Three Hail Marys to our fathers. When you leave here. George Winston is good, yo. You gotta you gotta hand him that. Yeah, it's beautiful music. Oh it is. Yeah. Now they use it like in Cialis commercials and stuff. But you see the <laughs> two people bathing together. Well, they're not bathing together. They're in two separate. Oh, no, they are yeah, bathing together. They're in two Adirondack chairs. Well, they're, or, or they're Viagra? in two bathtubs. It's like, well, doesn't that defeat the purpose of the Cialis if right. you're both in separate bathtubs? Kind of. Like just holding hands like that? It's kind of a waste of Cialis. Maybe it's the warm-up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Cialis was the warm-up. <laughs> you know. I don't know. Funny. Yeah, this is George Winston, all right. <laughs> Too funny. Oh. The thing about the thing is though, about George Winston is God, this has to go. It's driving me nuts. You now. go, you go and see him. <laughs> like you go and see him in concert. Like who could sit through? Like this? I did. I did it. I sat through it. Don't make fun. I, I won't. But what's even better is you. You can sit through it and. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the really. <laughs> The really and you and, and you have to kind of like like what's your facial expression when you're watching this though when you're sitting in the in the <laughs> audience you have to kind of have this kind of half smile on your face the entire time. Oh my gosh! Now I'm feeling weird about myself. Like I wonder if there was somebody else there watching me, thinking like you, looking at my face. Like what is what is she? That half smile then there's face. always that one person that will have a resting bitch face while they watch this. Mm. RBF. <laughs> Believe it or not, this is a different it's song. A di- <laughs>
gosh, I'm crying. Whew. Oh, yeah, Jim Brickman. That was also Wyndham Hill. Yeah. Jim, Br- <laughs> Jim Brickman. All these people. Oh, funny. Uh. Song called. Uh, Play some Ted Nugent and wake everyone up. <laughs> song called Goodbye Montana, which also sounds like a song called Black Stallion, which also sounds like a song called Lullaby, which sounds like a song called Living in the Country, which sounds like a song called Fragrant Fields, which also sounds like a song called Spring Green, which sounds like a song called The Garden, <laughs> which sounds like a song called Old Friends. Then, of course, there's a song about I can see George Winston going, this is a song about old friends. Because I had an old friend once, and they became my oldest friend. And I wrote this song thinking about my old friends. And then I wrote another song called, Where Are You Now, Old Friends? Which sounds like old friends, but this is me asking... Where are you now? Where are you now, old friends? I put together this <laughs> song because I can't. Uh. Life is sounds like this, <laughs> which sounds like that other one I did too, like this. I hope he's still we're gonna, alive. We're is gonna he still lose, alive? We're going to lose people here shortly. This is a... Well, they love this. Are you kidding me? They love this. It's <laughs> all about... This, this is vintage standard almond right here. Almond and Gia. All right, so I'm going to play this clip, okay? And this is what happens when... Uh, wait, there's a man with a backpack running around anything. Where's security? Matt's, Matt's now mad at me because so he's starting to abandon backpacks in the studio to freak me out. <laughs> Make, he wants me to call the SWAT team now, the bomb squad all of a sudden. All right, so um, here's, the, here's the clip. Okay, what do you think? Okay, I'm, I'm going to give you a... Uh, uh, you want to bet this is going to play or do you want to bet it's not going to play? Ooh, I'm going to bet it's going to play. Good for you. That's yeah. good. Yeah. See? What about you? Because I, you know? I didn't want you to bet. Do you even know? No, I don't. <laughs> I thought maybe you knew. Did you know that Pete Rose, when he got in a lot of trouble for betting, that he bet for his team, not against it, even though people think that he bet against it? He bet for his team. Really? Yeah. Hmm. All right. And you just bet for the team. I did. So you realize that, that the news media, especially the left-wing news media, uh, essentially, in my opinion, are rooting against the country. And they're rooting against the country in the formulation of rooting against the president. So when the president goes over and meets with Kim Jong-un, and w- how many people, Gia, were not completely just amazed at the sight? You realize that that there are a lot of things that we see time and time again over and over again, okay? So... 
there's the meeting with Angela Merkel. Oh, there's the meeting with there's the there's the people walking up to the White House. There's the people walking down from the White House in front of microphones. There's the people sitting in the hallway of the Capitol. We're doing a news conference. Blah blah blah. There's the there's President Trump meeting with um, the Chinese premier or whatever. Do you realize we've never in a, in a world where everything seems to be history seems to be repeating itself. And nothing seems to be new. We've seen something for the first time. Yeah. Ever. Ever. In our lifetime, which is pretty interesting when you think about it. It's, it's amazing. It's historical. We are, we are a part of history. Yes. Somebody said earlier, this is going to be in history books. And I, we can only hope. Well, yeah. If, because- it even, if they'll give it... You know, if the textbook will allow for that material to be in there, right? Because I, because I really, I actually don't. You know that that's that's the worry is is, is if it were Obama, this would be like the biggest. I mean, this would be it would be unbelievable. And you know what? I I guarantee you that I would give be giving Obama props. Yeah, I one of the things I was just I thinking, tell Obama he didn't build that, but I would give him props. This. We're all uh, – what bothers me is that we're all on the same team here, you know, Team USA. And no matter who the POTUS is, we, we, should, be ho- we should be hopeful <laughs> that they're going to do a good job. Right. Not rallying and wishing for them to epically fail. Right. And I do get that sensation at times from the – from the left, that there's, we keep, we're waiting and watching. We're just waiting and watching to find him do to to, to find that he's going to do something wrong or something we don't approve of, or dissect and pick apart everything he does versus the attaboys that he absolutely deserves. There were many times. There were many times when I I wanted Obama to fail, but those were on policy issues that were pocketbook. Issues. Those were on issues that were related to, uh, well, Obamacare. I wanted him to fail. I wanted that that to fail. His regulatory policies, I wanted him to fail. His energy policies, I wanted him to fail. I wanted him to fail when it came to his immigration policies. But... When you're a Democrat and you want President Trump to fail on his immigration policies and things like that, that's fine. I mean, I, I think I think you have the, the right. I, I, if you if you have something to fight for, and I completely understand that. Like for instance, if you don't agree with President Trump on immigration policy, do I call you divisive, the way the Obama bots called Republicans who disagree with him on his policies? If I if you disagree with President Trump on his tax policies, do I swoop in and say, boy, you Democrats sure are divisive? No, you don't, because it's disingenuous, it's wrong, and it's not true. On matters that that relate to our long-term defense and the long-term stability of the world, it's impossible for me to believe that you could take the side of... 
of whoever it is against President Trump on this. And and I don't and and there aren't even our worst enemies are not right against President Trump in this meeting with with North Korea. Right. I mean, China is a is a fairly significant in terms of econ- economic and everything else is, is is I wouldn't call it an enemy necessarily, but China is a pretty hardy competitor of ours. But I have to imagine that China is very happy to see what's going on here because it it takes away a certain level of a threat and and allows them to be it's kind of like when you have a friend who is problematic and every time you're running around with a friend nobody really wants to be with you because the friend is with you right China has had that problem with North Korea for a long time because China is kind of friends with North Korea but North Korea is always the country that has just little too much to drink all the time and starts pinching asses. <laughs> yeah, and and and, and then then you ha- then you're not invited to the party anymore because China can't control itself. Right. And so now that North Korea is more in control, China, I'm sure, feels like it can be a little more cooperative and a little more loose and a little more. Of itself and a little better of a world player, a more be more behaved player. Mm-hmm. President Trump actually, uh, and and that's President Trump knows the psychology of this kind of stuff, uh, and, and because he's been doing it his it's entire life. life, he's been sizing people up and assessing people and assessing their strengths and assessing their weaknesses and seeing how he could use them to his benefit here and a bit of his whole life. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have a person like that in a position like this, which should give us an indication that just because you haven't been elected to office before doesn't mean you can't govern well and and do well. Right. He's in, he's in the people business. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, unfortunately, with a lot of people, especially in the media, they're used to a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like like for instance when President Trump. Delivered on his promise to move the U.S. embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, the media, Democrats and Republicans, kind <laughs> of flipped out mm-hmm. because their mode of operation is: well, we usually just lie to people about this to get elected. We never really actually do this, right. and the media was the same way. Wait a minute. They just always say this, but don't really actually do it, and President Trump is actually doing it. All right, so here's this clip. And this is this is the MSNBC gang, and it's Chris Matthews. And whenever I, I see these people, uh, sometimes I see them even on Fox News, and it's like, I don't know who they are. Like, we accept that they're pundits and people who are talking, but we don't really know who they are. I'm like, I look at some people, like, on these panels. I'm like, who, who are you? Like, who, who is that? Like, who is um, Elise Jordan and Bobby Gosh? Who are they? Do you know who they are? No, I have no idea. I don't either. But Chris, man, he, but he's talking to them. Here. Is it working? I don't know. You want to see? We never decide what the bets, what the uh, outcome of the bet will be. What do I get if I'm right? Um, I'll buy you a dirty martini. Woohoo! All right. Come on. 
Just stay about... in geography to make your point, Elise. He sits about four or five feet from our closest ally in the north. That's, of course, Canada, Trudeau, who causes us no trouble. And then you see him huddling, these pictures of him huddling, you know, with the other guy, with Putin. So this is another example of where the media is looking at this situation. And, and, and because the president didn't accept Trudeau's idiocy from the G7 and yet will try to make peace with a Putin or a Kim Jong-un that he's somehow a terrible person because, well, you, you're, not, you're not really sucking up to the cool kids. You're going after the people who are, well, what, threatening us? Yeah, that's what it's all about. <laughs> but, but his worst sin is that he didn't allow Trudeau to punk him out, and yet he's meeting with Putin and, and Kim Jong-un, even though it, clearly his meetings with Kim Jong-un are potentially going to save the world or save <laughs> lives. Or save us from another World War III. And yet, oh, but you know what? You dissed Trudeau. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really, it's a statement. He can relate. He likes Putin. Donald Trump can relate to authoritarians. He, as a former businessman, he likes absolute control. And we Is he a seen, wannabe despot? I have, I've conceded that for years now. I mean, we're going on years. All of his behavior is a... President Trump... That this is the takeaway from the Kim Jong-un meeting. That, that, that he's a wannabe despot. That pre- president Trump is a wannabe. They're talking about the president of the United States. These are American citizens talking about the president of the United and, States who's meeting with Kim Jong-un. I think there was another word in there, too. Tyranny. Was it tyranny and... Let's go back. You know, like he, I, you know, it's it's really it's a statement. Maybe that he was can an relate. Putin. Donald Trump can relate to authoritarians. He, as a former businessman, he likes absolute control. And we, yeah, shame on him for being a former businessman liking absolute control. You mean you mean the control that made him a bazillionaire? You mean the control that employed thousands upon thousands of people? That kind of control, you mean? Because that's what's so menacing to uh, Elise Jordan, even though I don't know who she is. Want to be despot? I have, I've conceded that for years now. I mean- oh, you really? For years? Because I don't even know who you are. So I haven't seen you for years. Did you, we're going years. No, why would I do All that? All of his behavior, his attacks on the free press, his attacks on uh, alliances that are designed to strengthen our security. This yeah. is. What alliances are designed to strengthen our security? Because I'm assuming she's talking about the European alliance and the NATO alliance that hasn't strengthened our security. We've strengthened their security, and usually on our dime. So I don't know what she's... And and the attacks in the free press, you mean mean, uh, telling Jim Acosta... To suck it? Is that an, that's an attack on the, the free press? Jim Acosta, who has no inner guide whatsoever when it comes to questioning and doing anything. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out like what her situation is here. He's not. He has feels more of it. He calls Kim Jong Un honorable, yet Justin Trudeau no, of Canada should go to hell. Yeah, uh, because Kim Jong Un has threatened the world with nuclear weapons. 
And so when you are meeting with somebody like that, you're not going to tell them to go to hell. When you're a snot-nosed offspring who's only there because you're a snot-nosed offspring of a previous prime minister who dares after a meeting come out and diss somebody after your meeting, then, yeah, you will be told to go to hell. Now, if Trudeau had nuclear weapons and was threatened to attack us, I would expect the president to be more diplomatic, but he doesn't have to be. Right. With, with, with Kim Jong-un, he has to be because he's already played hardball with the guy and got the meeting that we all so desperately wanted him to have mm-hmm. and, and, and got the meeting that could ultimately lead to not only the future safety of the United States, but the future safety of our allies, and indeed, even on a smaller level, but almost as important, the recovery of killed in action, but MIA, Korean War veterans. I mean, I don't understand how these people could sit here on this television screen and and be this anti-American and this anti-Trump. Mm-hmm. Oh. Weak. <laughs> he can be he can be a wannabe despot. He, he wouldn't be the first person to reach the, the top of a democratic country with that ambition. There's the mm-hmm. democratic country mm-hmm. again. And again, we're not a for I don't know what he means democratic country. We're not a democracy. We're a representative republic. When are these people gonna get it through their heads? And on top of that though, this guy, his name is Bobby Gosh, is calling the president a wannabe despot because he is uh, because he is daring to meet with with Kim Jong Un another despot but one that is uh, that is important for us to to keep close because he's dangerous I got to call Tony Minetti I forgot to Leon. Uh, I'm doing a big thing for Tony Minetti coming up with Sarah Palin. I know. Now, keep in mind, um, I said when I do this that I don't – I'm not endorsing Tony Minetti by doing a thing for him. Mm-hmm. I, I am more than happy to do it for Cortland Sykes, for Christy Nichol, mm-hmm. for Peter Pfeiffer. For Austin Peterson, I'll do if they, they if they want me, I'll do whatever I want, ever, whatever they want me to do. So I want to make sure because a lot of people, it's getting towards August right. now, and so everybody's really kind of like uh, getting a little touchy about their candidates, and I get that, I understand yeah. that. But just so you know, I'm doing this because t- Tony, I like yes, him, and I like all of them, mm-hmm. a- and I have not chosen one or endorsed one or anything else. But I'm more than happy to be. Yeah. Radio Free Alban with Sarah Palin and right. Tony Minetti, and let's just knock ourselves out. Yeah. Right? Yeah, acceptable to you? Sounds good to me. The clip worked. Dirty martini. <laughs> Coming my way. Coming your way, baby. Let's get um, Tony on. I'm going to blame you for not. What can I say? It's my fault. <laughs> George Winston. Sorry, Tony. We're listening to George Winston. Good morning, Tony Minetti. Good morning, Tony Minetti. How you doing, my friend? 
I'm doing great. How about you, Jamie? Buddy, I'm sorry. I we were busy with some stuff and um lots of good stuff going on in the world. Yes. With our president. Yeah, ton of stuff going on and so I I I forgot. I mean, it's been a very busy morning and things are going on. Don't worry about it, brother. It's not a problem. I promise. I was so honored the other day when you called and you asked me to be part of this huge event. Oh, are we able to talk about this, right? Yes, okay. but I'm just uh not at liberty to discuss um, the exact venue yet, but okay. I will be able to release it in about 48 hours. So if you want, we can go back on and I can share it with you and everyone else. Fantastic. But we do know that Sarah Palin, uh, who many of us adore, is coming into town uh, to officially endorse Tony Minetti for Senate. And that's a pretty big deal, buddy. Thanks. You know, um, it, it was it was uh, just an honor to continue to get these kind of uh, people that understand who has the right stuff. You know, we're, we're done. We're taking our country back, and we're done with these elites and establishment ladder-climbing politicians. And what we need are people that have actually fought for this country in war, that have run a business, that are true to their values. And that's why I believe you have people like Dr. Gorka and now Governor Palin, uh, she's gonna. This is gonna be a huge event, Jamie. And you know, I'm looking for the right person. Maybe your listeners can help me to, you know, facilitate and um, be a master of ceremonies for something like a huge event like this. So, you know, I'm trying to think who would be the right person. You know, I'd love to hear from your listeners. Uh, yeah. I mean, because because here's here's the thing. <laughs> it, it's getting it's getting down to the time, and obviously, you know, people will have their front runners, have their person. Uh, but man, I will tell you that I was there uh, when you first announced, and you, and you were making the rounds, uh, and you, you came in, you know, solo into the TV station in your bomber jacket. You were ready to rock in your Trump hat, "Make America Great Again" hat. And from day one, you said, "You know what? I'm doing this. I'm in it for the long haul. Don't underestimate me." And since then, you really have run a very energetic campaign, buddy. I mean, I've been very impressed with it. Thank you. And uh, all I can say is that uh, I've always speak the truth. I'm a Christian. Uh, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And I can tell you, and everyone listening, that God put this on my heart last February of 2017. And I just have to, I've learned in life, you know, when I'm, everything is about perspective and and when you almost die, and I almost died in Desert Storm that night, um, you know, in 1991, while well, a lot of these guys I'm running against were in grade school, I was fighting for this country. And literally, God put it on my heart uh, to run for the U.S. Senate. And I, and I didn't understand it, but I just had to trust and obey. And since then, everything has just been just in time, everything right at the right time. Uh, this weekend, Jamie, was was an emotional I'll, I'll be honest with you it was an emotional time for me because i couldn't i was overwhelmed by the amount of people showing up and then helping me that know what needs to be done there's now four offices in the state uh people are literally volunteering to give me space and the, the biggest problem i have is i can't fill the rooms up with enough signs because they're going out as soon as i can produce them and that's not me it's the team because the people of missouri know that there's only one candidate that can defeat the incumbent, and then go to Washington to change Mitch and then do what must be done to restore the republic, and that's me. You know, it's interesting. Uh, two people, two big names now, 
especially in our sphere, have uh, endorsed Tony. You have uh, Sebastian Gorka, and that was really fun to have him in town. Sebastian Gorka is a great guy, super brave, and has been out there in force and is highly intelligent. You guys see him on Fox News all the time. And then uh, Sarah Palin, who is, is now endorsing you. And... What is it? I mean, like you you talk to them when they tell you why they gravitated towards you, what do they say? It's I think it comes down to this, ready? All it's not what we it's not what we say, it's what we've done with our life, you know, that defines us. And when they look at all of the candidates, there's only one, and I mean this sincerely, that has the experiences of foreign policy being stationed in NATO as the chief of Balkan plans, bringing nine nations together for peacekeeping ops, or the Middle East and the Far East. There's only been one guy that has to literally make decisions while being shot at and put bombs on target. Nothing is more stressful and requires a cool decision-making than, and, than a bomber pilot that's about to drop 16 2,000-pound bombs. Do you understand what that means, ladies and gentlemen that are listening? You, that's what I've been trained to do by America, but I've also run a business for 10 years. I've been in academia for five and a half. I've started non-for-profits agencies. See, my whole life experience has prepared me, but I didn't know it would be ever to be to run for the Congress because I never thought I'd be a politician, but I see what's going on in my country. And quite frankly, I'm just disgusted uh, by what's going on. And these ladder-climbing politicians and People that just have lost sight. I'm appalled that uh, the legislators think that they can run our lives better than we can. So I'm going to now be part of the solution to drain the swamp, to get responsible people based on self-reliance, self-determination, and self-awareness so that we can take our country back. And that's what I believe Gorka and Palin see in me, a leader with proven results that's no-nonsense, that gets work done and works with people to achieve the mission. And that's why I'm grateful their support. And there's more coming. I just am not liberty to say. But I will say this, Jamie, I've always thought the world of you, and you are a person that has overcome adversity. And when people have left you, for what, in my opinion, should have been, they should have listened to the spirit and intent of who you are as a man. And, And we are done with these politically correct politicians and people that destroy and divide us. And what we need are strong leaders that are going to stand up for the Constitution and for Judeo-Christian values, and I am not ashamed of that. And people that know my character know that I am with them. And, for example, when our governor, our previous governor now, was thrown under the bus, I stood by his side, and I still do. That man should have had due process, but the establishment didn't want him. And we're done with these people. And we've got to stand up for this country because this country is worth fighting for. Yeah, and you know, I I, I so appreciate that, Tony. In fact, uh, Gia Tony was. Uh, oh, I forgot to tell you, I got another uh, Italian in in the in the room here. I'm surrounded by him now, Tony. Uh, <laughs> Gia Valeni's over here with me, and you know, uh, Tony was one of the first people to talk to me right after this debacle over at the dinosaur radio station. He was the first person to, wow. to, 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 to one of the first people to say, Hey man, how you doing? What's up? Uh, and, and that was just because that's the kind of guy he is. 
and you you talked about the swamp, and we we just got through talking a, a lot about the Governor Greitens issue because now suddenly all the people who were concerned about all these matters of of import now suddenly don't care about him anymore, like the dark money they claimed it was a big deal, and all this thing about the the, the falsified charges. But then I saw yesterday, and I don't want to I don't want to get you into too much trouble with the with the Missouri Republicans, but. But I saw this picture in the Post-Dispatch yesterday where Claire McCaskill wound up worming her way in and squatting in the governor's office and getting her picture prominently displayed next to the the new governor. And then the Post-Dispatch allowing her to utilize this appearance by headlining it that that she approves of the new Republican governor and his desire to cooperate. And I just couldn't believe it. It was like, oh, man, this is how far we we have busted our rear end to elect President Trump. We busted our rear end to get the Missouri governor's office, a Republican governor's office. And now we have to see Claire McCaskill sitting in there and rendering her verdict on whether she approves or doesn't approve of the new Missouri Republican governor. Yeah, smoke and mirrors, right? Smoke and mirrors. That's all this is. The, look, this is literally, you have two type of um, competing forces going on that just continuously try to divide us as Americans and Missourians. We have the globalist leftist that control many of the media stations, and they basically decide who is going to get the attention. I believe that, like you just stated, uh, of a false picture of what I call chameleon Claire, an incumbent chameleon that every six years changes viewpoints to just for the election. We know that as, as Americans and Missourians. And now the, the Post, what do they do? They're putting that picture out there, making it seem that uh, she's a moderate and is right. going to help and work together. Are you kidding me? We're not stupid. And then there's the other side of the, of the aisle. These rhino Republicans that all they do is divide us, and if you don't bend the knee and do what they want and be part of the establishment, then you're not going to get the big money and the endorsements. And guess what? Then there's the rest of us deplorables. Yeah. <laughs> and I thank yeah. God for it because the same papers that constantly, you know, talk bad about President Trump can't stand the fact that there's something called results. You know, we're, we are record low unemployment. We have peace potentially with our, one of our greatest enemies. We have a sense of patriotism again and defending our borders. And you see, Jamie, just don't lose heart. Take heart in knowing this. This country is literally at a crossroads, and we almost lost it, where we almost became either socialists with more Bernie and Hillary Ryan Clinton types, or we could have gone the other way with rhinos. But instead, God, by his grace, has, I believe, shown favor by allowing President Trump to lead our nation. And I will be his wingman in the United States Senate. The only thing I'm going to do, Jamie, and all your listeners are listening, is that I'm going to hold the president accountable and Congress for two major things. One, that Hillary Rodham Clinton will, we must, we must do the right thing. Because Lady Justice cries when she is able to be free and the rest of us, that if we would have done a portion of what she'd done, would have been in prison. And secondly, we must build a wall. Only we need to do it 10 feet higher because that will be a symbol to the rest of this planet 
that the United States of America is about the America first agenda. And when America is strong, the rest of the world is at peace. No doubt about it, buddy. Well, Tony Minetti, honestly, thank you for the privilege of being able to join you when Sarah Palin is in town. And, and when you, once you get all the details worked out and you're ready to rock, then we'll just have you back on to talk about it. I look forward to it. God bless you, Jamie, and all that you do. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity to serve our country again. Hey, thanks so much, man. Really uh, appreciate your passion. Love your energy. And, uh, and never uh, forget to thank you. Uh, for your service to this country, buddy, because uh, it was uh, powerful and, and you've done uh, amazing work. So thanks again, Tony Minetti. Thank you, sir. All right, buddy. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can get uh, Sarah Palin on the air with us in a two at that point. So. Cool. She'll come on the air. Yeah. You like her? Yes. Always did. Always have. You know, it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> John McCain, uh, in his, in his uh, continued blatherings, Talked about how he regret, you know, his you know his little his book or whatever it is he mm-hmm. has. Talked about how he regretted having Sarah Palin on the ticket. Mm-hmm. And I have news for John McCain: he would have it would have been an epic drubbing had he not had Sarah Palin on his ticket. She saved that ticket. Mm-hmm. If if John McCain thought there was any chance in hell that he was going to be elected with Lieberman. And aside, he's he was out of his mind. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, in my Absolutely. opinion, th- there was no one who was going to beat Obama in two thousand eight. No. Anyway, no. But 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 still, McCain acting as if Sarah Palin was a drawdown right. on him. Uh, he's sorely mistaken. mistaken. Yeah. Sorely mistaken. I agree. Now I do have a theory mm-hmm. about. This meeting that I saw where Claire McCaskill was lording over the Republican governor's office, okay? And it's another one that is probably, uh, I don't know, pessimistic? I don't mean to be, but but, but I don't trust these people anymore. After what I saw happen with with Governor Greitens, I really don't trust these people anymore. And what is that? It's the seatbelt light. Uh, you, you, you can take your seatbelt off now, Gia. And walk about the cabin. Walk about the cabin. <laughs> I think I have my, I think it's because I have the Facebook still up and it's bing, bing, bing. Yeah. Hang on. I don't know where it is. Anyway. Um, well, so now your I theory. Want to find it. I want to find it. Hang on. I want to find this. Oh. Darn it. It's somewhere. Yeah, I have a bunch of tabs up. Pinging. Binging. Anyway, so here's my theory. Mm-hmm. And I saw, so I see Claire McCaskill. I'm trying to think what possibly could motivate the Missouri governor's office, the Republican Missouri governor's office, and the Missouri Republican Party for that matter. What could possibly motivate them to allow for a photo op in which a left-wing Democratic senator is the most prominently displayed person of the bunch and then is allowed to utilize this photo op to empower herself, empower her seat, and render her all-important approval to a Republican governor. 
Like, how, what, what would possibly allow this? And my theory is that these individuals, some of them, and again, I'm not accusing Parson of this, but I think there are people behind him. I know there are people behind him who I think would be just as happy to have Claire McCaskill in office, mm-hmm. and much like these never Trumpers were just as happy to have to have uh, Hillary Clinton Hillary. in office. I guarantee you, I can probably count on one hand the number of Republicans down there in Jefferson City who bother who even voted for President Trump. Somebody said earlier in the Facebook feed that they would love for you to educate us more about Jeff City and what's really going on. Well, I, I do talk about it a lot, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and and I think this gets to that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you there were probably, and in, in our local Republican contingent, there were probably two Republicans who I know voted for President Trump. Maybe they did, but my guess is they a lot of them didn't. You'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. But here is my theory. Uh, I, I think the idea of a Manetti or an Austin Peterson in the U.S. Senate is highly threatening to these swamp creatures. And Hawley is another story, but... These guys, I don't think, want Hawley to be there either. No. Uh, Hawley, even for all of his alleged swampiness or establishment thing, mm-hmm. Hawley really ne- isn't necessarily an establishment guy. He's been, he's been pinpointed I, I by the establishment. One. But ha- I wouldn't describe Hawley as uh, a crazy insider by any stretch. I, th- I think actually Hawley was severely damaged – in terms of uh, the viewpoint of a lot of us, have of him, by John Danforth's love of him. Uh, Because we, a lot of us, don't really like John Danforth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And don't appreciate the things he said about President Trump and, and the things that he's done. Uh, we don't really appreciate that. So Hawley, this wound up being kind of a bad thing for him. Right. Although Hawley d- was recognized by President Trump. But, but my sense is... The association is, with that bad, that, that bad friend again. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. But, but my guess is that some of these people are more than happy to... But, but because how else could you possibly think this was a good thing for the, Missouri, the new Missouri Republican governor... To have, to be, to be, Claire McCaskill's bitch the way he was yesterday. What? I just love it when you say it like it is. Is that did, when you see that picture? What do you think that is? I, Who, who's 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 the who's the woman in who's the person in leather and with the whip in that picture? It's it's not Mike Parson, it's not Ann Wagner. I mean, just saying. Yeah. Then you have uh, other people like Lindsey Graham. Now, Lindsey Graham, 
searched high and low for a place to go and warn President Trump about something because Lindsey Graham, uh, the, the, the Trump alpha male, is, uh, is exceedingly threatening to people like Lindsey Graham. And Lindsey Graham, the 1% guy, has been a, not a frequent critic of President Trump, but he, he's the guy that the media goes to to be the guy who is the, the Republican critic of President Trump or mm-hmm. the Republican watchdog of President right. Trump. So after all this and after we see him signing this deal and everything else, lo and behold, there's Lindsey Graham on the Today Show talking about what we'll start with Republican Senator Lindsey Graham, who joins us now. Senator, good morning to you. Good morning. Well, I know you heard the tone of what the president said. Um, You know, it was downright celebratory. How do we know this isn't just happy talk from the North Koreans? They have literally promised this before and cheated and lied. Well, maybe third time is the charm. By the way, you know, it's interesting that Nora O'Donnell acts like that uh, because Back in the day, there was, in 1994, when, when President Clinton did a pretty minor thing with, with Kim Jong-un, it was celebrated like by, by Dan Rather. I mean, he, he really thought this was a great thing. In 1994. President Clinton today officially announced a deal that could end the long-running crisis with North Korea over nuclear weapons. It could also ease tensions on the Korean Peninsula and open the way for normal relations between the U.S. and one of the world's last old-line, hard-line communist states. Hmm. So when you compare that to what what uh, Savannah Guthrie opened her comment with, because you didn't hear Dan Rather go. Oh, how do we know this is what going to last? We don't trust this thing. Because Dan Rather at the time in 1994 was like, wow, this is an amazing thing. Look what President Clinton did. It's gonna, it could, you know, change the world forever. And President Trump actually seemingly is really changing the world forever because it's on paper. And he had a meeting with him, with Kim Jong-un. And the response from Savannah Guthrie or whatever her face is said, Oh, we don't well, know. We'll start what, with Republican yeah. Senator Lindsey Graham, who joins us now. Senator, good morning to you. Good morning. Good well, morning. I, I know you heard the tone of what the president said. Um, yeah. You know, it was downright celebratory. Yeah. How do we know this isn't just happy talk from the North Koreans? They- <laughs> I mean, and, and again, when you compare that to 1994 and Dan Rather, uh, can you imagine Dan Rather? Yeah. How do we know this is not just happy talk from the, you know? Because Dan Rather was doing the happy talk for Bill Clinton. They have literally promised this before and cheated and lied. Well, maybe third time is the charm. I think they view President Trump differently. Why are they sitting down with him? They've never done it before. I think the threat. Well, isn't that because we always said no? I mean, haven't they always wanted that meeting? Yeah, but uh, I don't think they would sit down with him if they didn't think they would get something out of it. Kim comes out of this thing bigger. I think we come out of it stronger, too, because we've made it clear to North Korea, you've got two ways to end this conflict. Peacefully, where you get a lot of incentives to give up your nukes, you get security guarantees to give up your nukes, and if you don't, we're going to have a military conflict to end your nuclear program. I think it's that clear to Kim Jong-un, and if it's not that clear, it will never work. But where's the beef? Because so far, we didn't hear... (laughs) 
and again, we get the where's the beef part from the journalist. Now, the Lindsey Graham classic part is coming because right now you're seeing Lindsey Graham, you know, responding mm-hmm. to overtly negative framing right. from the journalist. Mm-hmm. But it's coming because it involves what was signed there between these two. Right. So, Hear anything about a timetable? Lindsey Graham and we all will know not the disappoint. North Koreans like to run out the clock and stall and pretend they're going to denuclearize Absolutely. and then blow it off. So, I mean, you are, you are t- you're a hardliner on North Korea. Don't you yeah. want to see the details? Oh, absolutely. Not only do I want to see the details, I want to vote on them. So here's what I would tell President Trump. I stand with you. Uh, The Schumer letter detailing what a good deal would look like, I embrace. But anything you negotiate with North Korea will have to come to the Congress for our approval. And we're, we're looking at details matter. But I'm hopeful. I think he has convinced Kim Jong-un that he's better off giving up his nuclear weapons than he is keeping them. And so Lindsey Graham is saying, essentially... And this will, and his his language will get harsher as the president's plane gets closer back to the U.S. Because right now, you know what he's saying. Right now, is he's saying that he's turning this into a uh, that we're the ones who are going to determine whether or not there's a deal, no. not right. you. Now, keep in mind, I did, uh, I did. I, I do think that there needs to be some Senate involvement in any formal treaty, which I which I think because that's what the Constitution says. So I'm good with all that. But keep in mind, uh, there was never this desire to have Congress approve of a deal when in 1994 that deal was made and that that Dan, Dan Rather was lauding because. What happened is that, that, that Clinton went ahead and had this deal with, with Kim's father, and uh, Clinton never, never submitted any of that to the U.S. Senate. Right. Uh, and, and again, if we do this, I think it will be great, and I do believe that, a, that if, it's a, if it's a real treaty, uh, and I guess technically anything could be called a treaty – it does need to be approved by by the U.S. Senate. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't have any problem with that, except that it turns in suddenly to a political football, mm-hmm. and 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 what you have to watch out for is Lindsey Graham and others demanding they see this when they actually didn't demand it in 1994. Right, right. From Bill Clinton. Right. So. You know, be careful because, as as is always the case, it seems whenever President Trump is successful or is making some degree of headway, uh, there's always so much caution. There's so much this. Oh, we have to sit tight. Oh, we have to get this. We have to get this. And now, uh, but they didn't do that back in the day mm-hmm. when when Clinton was around. So yeah. interesting. Yeah. Let's see if uh, if um, Johnny Rose is. Uh, here yet he's be there right at 8 30 okay uh johnny rose is going to be outside in short order uh he's he was the uh driver yeah and and he's going to be in with us um in just a little bit he was he was the driver for doug giles and well and he's kind of the driver for a lot of people and you know you might like this gia he does singing telegrams he does yes oh my gosh how cute i love it (laughs) 
So maybe he'll sing it to. I, I don't didn't know. even know he, that was a thing anymore. Oh, it you is can a, still get a singing telegram. You can, yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. You could probably pull one of those off. I wonder. I want to hear him do one. Um, I bet you will. Okay. I bet you Good. will. We'll get him. We'll get him to do one. So we'll take a little break and then uh, we'll have him have him back uh, in with us. And I don't. Do you think they're gonna? Do you think they're gonna? You think they're gonna pull the Facebook feed again? If you play some. Yeah. Well, I noticed. Not, probably not George Winston. Notice that they didn't pull. <laughs> oh, wait, were you playing? Yeah. I noticed that they don't um, pull stuff if you're talking over it. Does that, does that seem right to you, Matt? I don't know. I wonder if they will. Talk over this one. Chat. Trick the algorithms. Yeah, we'll just keep talking. Hey, algorithm. It makes a difference. This isn't a real song. It's just you it's, thinking it is. Stupid computer. You're not going to pick up on this. You dumb computer. You don't have any brains, do you? And your lame algorithms. I don't understand all of that. It's beyond my. You're not supposed to. That's why they call them algorithms. Yeah, but who's the person who came up with them? They're smarter than. You know what they came out? They said, "You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna call it an algorithm because Chia Valenti won't understand the words she's talking about. No. And neither will Jamie Allman." We'll just call them an algorithm and leave it at mess that. Mess with people's heads. No, it's some, it's just, it's like a note thing. You know what it is? It's it's uh, Shazam. Shazam. Uh, you know the, the app yeah. Shazam. Yeah. That's what the, basically this is the same technology yeah. that Shazam uses. Okay. It's kind of yeah. like the same technology. Like, do you have on your phone? Do you have the? Um, do you have the, uh, when you do a message, do you have the ability to do a, um, to do like a, like a monkey? What do you have? Like a monkey video? Yeah, but what do you have? Do you have the X? Yes. No, I have the 8. Oh. I think it's an X thing. Well, I'll send you, I'll send you a, uh, I'll send you one where I'm doing a monkey, I'll be, I'm a monkey. Is this your 8 app? Yeah, well, it's not my ape app. Somebody else. You realize somebody made an ape app, and it's, they're selling like four thousand dollars. Wow. Here, I'll do one for you now. It's uh, me as a monkey. Hi, Gia. I'm a monkey. Look, I'm a monkey, and I'm sending you a. Here, watch this. He's a monkey Hi, messing I'm, with I'm algorithms. A, I'm a monkey messing with algorithms. Yeah, I'll just send you that. Yeah, that's a little. Yeah, I'll send you a little monkey text. Oh, yeah. Here, play it. I'm trying. Algorithms. Wait, he's a monkey messing with I'm a monkey messing with algorithms. See, I'm a monkey. That's cute. I like how it does your mouth. Just like no, you it, 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 algorithms. And, 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 your, and your eyes and everything. Yeah. 
This is this is it, this convinced me after I saw this, and I could do one that is a uh, dragon and a kitty and a puppy and an alien. Yeah, I don't think I can animate my um, my characters. No, you can't. I know you can't animate your characters. That's the whole <laughs> point. But why, how come you can't? Because it's the X. Because it's the X. I paid more. Mm. So you can be a dragon. Here, come over here. I'm I'll just show you, and then we'll, and then we'll uh, see. I could be, I could be a dragon like that. I can be a skeleton. Mm-hmm. I can be a uh, cuddly bear. I could be a lion. I'm a lion. Leave me alone. I'm a I'm a, I'm a big gigantic lion. I could be a unicorn. Oh. Hi. Ew. Ew. I, I cannot do the unicorn thing. Right. The, the what cr- bothers you about a unicorn? I've Look at this chicken. I like that. I'm a bunny. I'm a bunny. And then you get a little panda. Look, I'm from China. Oh my gosh, there's a. You can animate anything? Pig? Could be a pile of crap? I don't like that one. I never did like those things. It's a fox? Crazy like a fox. I like the pig. I could be an alien from outer space, mm-hmm. yeah, that kind of thing. So, what is it? About, let me let me um, let me see. While we're waiting for Johnny Rose, explain to me your uh, hang up with a unicorn. Ugh. I, ever since I was a child, I cannot, I can't handle it. I don't, I'm not afraid of them or anything. I just, <clears throat> I think it's princessy and fairy stuff. That's never been me. Unicorn. Oh, right. That's not. It's not me. So, uh, no offense to those. That it is your thing, right? Not my thing. So now, did you, is it that you don't trust? Like, is, is unicorn too happy, or no. what is it about the unicorn that upsets you? I don't know. I don't. That's know that's that's, that's like, I could see people like being scared of like, you know, menaced by like snakes, and they don't, and, and they think maybe clowns are creepy. Clowns are creepy. But but I've never heard, no, I've never heard anybody menaced by a unicorn it's no, though. I, I, it's not, and it doesn't frighten me or anything. I just I don't know. I don't. I think it's too. Maybe it's the modern day unicorn that's really bothering me. The the unicorn craze where like yeah. little girls' birthday cakes are unicorns. Oh right. And, and everybody's carrying unicorn stuffed animals with them, and they've got unicorn purses. Yeah. And you, okay. I'm that's like, yeah. So you're thinking. You're, so you're thinking like more like the. Um, like the like the unicorns, like I love the unicorn because I utilize it to mock left wingers because oh. I and I tell them to you know go ahead you, you go ahead and, and climb on your unicorn and ride that into Off into the the, yeah. the, the next election you know mm-hmm. th- thinking that they're they're all fantasizing about everything, right. but uh, but as a little girl I didn't know that you like you like you didn't like no, unicorns. I didn't. Did you? I never liked the I never liked the like the the one thing that always freaked me out. In folkloric type of settings, is that the half man, half horse thing? Mm-hmm. I never really no. got that thing. M- me, n- m- no. Mm-mm. What no. do they call those? Uh, uh, uh. Like I never, like I never thought, like I, I like I always thought mermaids were kind of weird because I mean it's like same thing. Can't they, do, can't do the mermaid. Ha- it doesn't have, uh, it doesn't have a like a uh, like a. Margaret loves unicorns. I'm sorry, Margaret. It seems like I well. Do you did you think that Margaret did not like unicorns? Well, like Margaret Margaret Sharp 
you can look at her and you know she loves unicorns because she's the sweetest person she in the world. She loves everything. Right, exactly. Yes. You know. Why not unicorns too? Johnny Rose. Good morning, James. Good morning. This is Gia Valenti, by the way. Hi. Hi Gia. Nice Pretty to nice. meet you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Johnny is a, um, is a driver. He's been a, my driver for a long time. Mm-hmm. You, know, go, like to, you know, I go to parties or do yeah. that kind of thing. And I tend to, if I know I'm going to be imbibing quite a bit. Yeah. Or, or just, you know, in a situation where there might be a lot of that kind of stuff going on. I don't like to take chances, no. and so I always like to have Johnny on the spot. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Johnny ready to rock and roll. And how did we meet for the first time, Johnny Rose? Probably me calling into your program at five o'clock in the morning. Aha! Uh-huh. That's yeah. You, that's right. And then Johnny also then it's it's Johnny Rose Entertainment, right? Correct. And the reason why it's Johnny Rose Entertainment is because Johnny also does singing telegrams. And G he told, was like, he told me this. So and G I'm, was like, "Do people really do singing telegrams these days?" He's got another he's got card. card. For that. I love it. <laughs> he does. Oh my gosh! And, and do you dress up? Yeah, those are all me. Oh my gosh, that's Elvis, awesome. Austin Powers, uh, Frank, Frank Sinatra. I need my cheaters. Party Rock, LMFAO. LMFAO. Party Rocker, do you? Oh, that Can you one? sing that right now for me? Come on, well, I'll do it. Sexy and I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I when I walk on by, people be saying, damn it, fly. <laughs> now, do you do, uh, and you do Elvis too, though, right? Was men say, oh, Russian. Thank you very much. That's really good. Hey, how about the one you played, the Elvis you played last week? Oh, uh, the, um, that was incredible. <sighs> That version, uh, I can't remember what it was yeah. called, but it was great. Uh, yeah. And it was a lot. He just did an off the cuff live version. It was out, unbelievable. unbelievable. Uh, and, and you said you also do who else now? Um, I have Austin Powers, baby. Austin, Austin yeah, Powers, baby. Shag now, a shag later, baby. <laughs> do people still oh, like? Oops. Are are people still into like Austin Powers, even though he hasn't been around for a while? Or yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, I mean, Mike Myers was so genius his dad yeah. was a comedian genius. and you know so he encapsulated uh what man from uncle oh yeah I yeah get smart yeah. Mm-hmm. um you know all yeah. all those shows from from the 60s that mm-hmm. I, I grew up with when what was the in last one, in one character you know what was the last singing telegram you did uh hard to remember um i did a six, 70th birthday uh, the lady was a Marine, you know, had been a Marine, it's 70th birthday, all 50, uh, 50, at least 50 of her family over in uh, Belle, Belleville. Yeah. And, and uh, so I, uh, they wanted me to do Unchained Melody and. Um, that's what, that's, that's what, that's what Elvis oh, sang. Unchained Melody. Have you seen that, that video that of him doing it, yeah. that when he my was like darling. three days before he died? It was mm-hmm. unbelievable. Good for your touch. Such a long, lonely time. Thank Very you nice. Much. God bless you. Thank I love you it, much. man. Thank you, Ando. So, uh, w- do you think people, because you can't really remember the last time you did one, do you think people no. just don't realize 
that you they can do them. Like Gia didn't even know they still did. People still did them. So people have to realize that people right. still do t- singing telegrams. I love it. And you know, back uh, when I came to St. Louis in the '80s, there was Eastern Onion, and I don't. You old enough to remember that? No. Okay. okay. Uh, so Eastern Onion was like a national franchise. Oh, okay. And uh, but you know, at least fortunately for me, they kind of went by the wayside. And so here in St. Louis, I kind of picked up the slack. I'm primary uh, singing telegram guy in St. Louis. If you, I love it. If you, if you, if you do, uh, okay, Google singing telegram St. Louis. Here are some results from the web. Oh, normally it comes up Johnny Rose oh. Entertainment right there. Yeah. I think he's hit. So uh, Johnny uh, also then, I had, uh, I wanted him to do, because, uh, you know, Doug came into town, and yeah. I, I, and I, made, I, I tried to make it first class, you know. I, uh, I got him his airline ticket and made all that happen, and then I got him a room at the Ritz, Ritz. you know. Yeah. Uh, the Ritz, by the way, though, closed its p- pool, so I felt a little bad about, like, not – he didn't seem to care, but I realized that the Ritz didn't have a pool anymore. It's yeah. like, you, you got to have a pool. Can you smoke a cigar out by the pool at the Ritz, or can you only smoke in the cigar bar? They don't have a pool. Oh, at, at all? They I don't have a meant, pool. Oh, I thought you meant it was – No, they don't have a pool at all. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that. Really? You can't be a hotel without a pool. Really? Oh, I mean, it was unbelievable. So, huh. but it didn't really matter much because he didn't have much time anyway. He got in about yeah, noon, uh, but would have had a little time before the book signing. But but he he did want to smoke a cigar, so he, they did have a little patio or something out there. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of ghetto. I didn't know that. It was as expensive as the rooms are. It's kind of like you guys don't have a pool. I mean, I had no idea. anyway, I, I would never stay in a place without a pool. I had no idea. Well, yeah, but anyway, I mean, the Ritz is nice, and I, I get it, but. Um, I would never stay at a place without a pool. That's just as even if I wasn't going to swim in the pool, I still would need to be at a hotel that had a pool because that would mean six got a pool. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. For crying out loud. Um, so anyway, uh, so Johnny was a, as a driver, but Johnny though uh, was also has been a driver for a lot of varieties of people under a lot of varieties of circumstances. One of them was, for instance, during Ferguson. Johnny was hired by a bunch of different networks to go pick up the so-called the experts at the airport or anchors for that matter. Who were you driving around? Uh, the well, the one company one company I work with uh, has a contract with uh, CNN. Oh, okay. And, and so, if if they're interviewing, we drove John Gaskin, who's a local young, yeah. youngest uh, attorney with the NAACP. Right. Right. He lives. Right. He lives his his. His mom lives over by Umsel. Uh Drove him quite a bit, a number of times. Um, but the the kicker, the real kicker was the night, the night decision night when they uh, they just yeah, burned everything to, down. Yeah, just decided not to uh, um, indict Owens. Yeah. Then uh, I was driving uh, Van Jones. Yeah. Who. He was Obama's green czar. Yeah, right. And he's the right-hand guy for Don Lemon. Who, uh, yeah. Who was right there. So it was crazy because early in the earlier the plan was 
he had an interview, and then at 6 o'clock we went to Clayton because that's where the announcement was going to be made. Right. And so Van actually, nice guy, brilliant guy, very intellectual, really nice. I, we're on totally opposite side of the sure. fence politically, but but we're very open, have a very open conversation. Right. And uh, so then, uh, then they decide at 8 o'clock they change. You know, he was supposed to be there for the announcement in Clayton. Well, then... Then he had an eight o'clock interview with uh, Anderson Cooper, up up where everything was staged at West Floor, St. Lucas and Hunt. Um, and then while the announcement's coming down, then they go, "Oh, we want you, <laughs> we want you on site at this police station." Wow, dude. <laughs> so so we so we walk. Okay, so we pick him up. He does his interview with Anderson. Then then we're on our way up. You know, Florissant Road, there in Ferguson, and the closest we can get about two blocks from because you know, everybody's there. It's it's not the announcement's coming. Down. It's about eight fifteen. He's making making the announcement. You know, no, we're not gonna. You know, what's he saying? I asked, what's he saying? You know, because it was all that political double talk. <laughs> and so we we find a parking space about two blocks away from City Hall. And I, <laughs> you know, I'm sixty four. Or I was 60 at the time, so four years ago now. Um, and and he's 45, 45-year-old black guy. And, and we parked the car, and I, I go, I'm not going to let you walk up there alone. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm, you know, I'm wearing my white shirt, red tie, uh, black leather jacket. And, and so we, we go up there, and we find their stage, CNN stage, right across the street, you know, the police are, there's about 15 policemen in riot gear uh, in front of the police station. And and so we're staged right across the street with uh, Don Lemon and and, uh, and Van Jones. And the, everything's pretty cool, and then it gets starts getting dark, and we start seeing the um, uh, tear gas canisters start flying down the street. Because you know, we're, we're up there, and we look down the street, and between where it parked the car and where we are across from the city hall, then you can see, you know, there's a couple of police cars on fire and stuff. And, and uh, a little after that, the, you start seeing the, it was tear gas. I didn't realize what it was. I thought, what, they protested for fireworks and stuff? No, it was a tear gas. Wow. And so it came up like a wave. Yeah. And slowly. And were you, were you there, Jim? Yeah, I was, I was over there every once in a while. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do any reporting from there because I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't on TV. But but this is when the shit hit the fan. Was Wait. was Don Lemon acting like a jackass? Um, he was kind of a prima donna because when the tear gas came, we all went. We were right across the street, and there was an empty strip mall right across the street. Fortunately, they had water stockpiled there, and we all went. The lights weren't on. The lights were on in the hallway, but weren't on in the building. But we, it was the water was stockpiled there, so we we all went. In the in the uh, empty strip center, Don Lemon got of course got in the uh, satellite truck. You know, he kind of There's Tigas coming down the street over there. So, but it, it was it was the next the next day when Don Lemon was arguing. They they actually had a YouTube video where Don Lemon and Van Jones were arguing. Don Lemon was trying to say, was saying straight up that everybody out there was out to have a riot, and that's BS, man. You know, those people were there. They brought their kids, and people wanted to express the hurt in their heart, you know, because one of their own had been, 
you know, if, if a Cardinal fan or if it was, you know, if, whatever group I identify with, they were there just there to, to say, you know, why, why are you killing our black young men? And, you know, but no, Don Lemon had to say, no, they were all out, you know, to start a riot. And, and well, I think he was partially right on that one, but I don't think so. You know, people just wanted to express, wanted to vent. You know, I we know. all want to vent. And and Van Jones the next day said, "No, there were a few knuckleheads out there, you know, who wanted to start right, but ninety percent of the people that were out there were peaceful. You know, but but then when the tear gas came down, you know, people started running. There were about three waves of tear gas that came through. Yeah, and and Van Van was you know bald head, shaved head, and it really, I think, you know, his skin is very sensitive. Black people's skin is a little more sensitive than, than mine seemed like at the time. And, you know, we were we were in the back room pouring, pouring water on. He lost his glasses. And, you know, I was trying to, yeah. I had his, I totally had his back. It was just so, so intense. Who's, who's the most famous person you've ever uh, driven around? Hmm. Um, Don King, Ollie North. Um, Wow. Um, little Kim. Um, um, you mean Lil Kim? Lil. Lil. Lil Kim. Lil Kim. I was I was schooled on that by Henry Davis. You, you can't you can't say little. I, oh. If you're white, you do. But LL Cool J, um, Sherman Hemsley. Wow. Oh, 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 oh yeah. George Hemsley. Jefferson. George yeah. Jefferson. He was a nice guy. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> he 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 was really you know he told me his story. What was know? he doing in town? Uh, he always did stuff for the uh, Variety Club. Uh-huh. I, I oh, oh, that's me- right. Meadow, Meadowlark Lemon. You know, I um, Lou Rawls was doing stuff for the Variety Club for a while there. Yeah, Lou, you know, Variety Club's very powerful. Yeah, you know, yeah, but, yeah. But Sher- Sher- Sherman Hemsley, he was. I mean, he told me his whole story. And so he was a postman. I was on and, the telethons all the time. When yeah. I was oh, you were. Mm-hmm. I probably saw you there all, then. All the time. Jan Elvis is a. A friend, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did oh, a lot I, of volunteer work with them. And, and I, 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 I do drive for um, Ambassador Sam Fox's wife, Marilyn. Oh, yeah, okay, and, yeah. yeah. And I've driven, uh, um, you know, Worldwide Technologies, uh, Dave Stewart. Dave Stewart. Oh, yeah, yeah. And his wife, you know. Lovely Have you ever had anybody, um, like, to make you, uh, like, you know, just drive them around and they, um, like, play around in the, in the car and... Is that it's what they, that's all they want to do is drive around and do that? Yeah, I've had had some goofy stuff. You know, it's like you, you never know with it. You know, and you know, nor, normally normally I drive people in my. You know, I've got a new suburban. Chevy suburban. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah, and suburbans are the are the new. Uh, you impressed day, by that suburban oh, IFG? I would love a suburban. Yeah, I'm they're they're the, big gas guzzling suburban. No, I get I get twenty ago. Oh, do you? Yeah, and, but uh, you know, I occasionally, you know, I occasionally have people in stretches and stuff. You know, I uh, I probably driven stretch probably a hundred times. They'd be like a, like a, like the big stretch limo, huh? Right. It's it's a different mindset. You know, you don't want to turn down a street that you can't, can't, can't that you can't get, get out. out of. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. You know, Interesting. That that, that that happens. You know. But, Johnny Rose Entertainment. Where, what's your, you, have a, you have a website, right? Uh, my website's um, W. Well, they, they don't say that W. w no, anymore. you always have to say uh, HTTP colon forward slash forward slash www dot. JohnnyRose.com. JohnnyRose.com. Easy. Awesome. Yeah, so thanks, man. And, and it was fun. Uh, well, I was in the car most of the time with, with Doug. 
Yeah, uh, Doug was amazing. That was an amazing night. That was such a privilege because Doug, you know, because even I, you know, I have, I probably have problems with some stuff he does or says, but, you know, he really, I mean, he's authentic and he's not a liar. He's, yeah. he's, he's like our president, you know, and, our, and our, our, you guys must be talking about what happened last night. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, it's because, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm 64 years old. I don't believe it. You know, it's a lie. The mirror's lying. Everybody, you know, yeah. <laughs> the gray the hair's lying. But, um, you know, I mean, this this war started, you know, three years before I was born. So, yeah, you know, right. 70 years ago. And uh, It's amazing it's, to see the American flag and the North Korean flag side by side and to see these two people who uh, three months ago, uh, they were threatening to basically blow each other up mm-hmm. if, if, if need be. And that's... Pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is ground shaking. Yeah. I mean, I mean because you know that, that armistice. You know that we've been been at war with North Korea for seventy years. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's. I mean, they really. If you you know, if if you really want to understand what's going on, you watch the movie, the interview. Um, yeah. And, you know, with with what's the uh, actors, but uh, they really believe that he's a god. They believe that he'd. In fact, I found it interesting. They believe he doesn't he doesn't go to the bathroom, and uh, <laughs> and but they did bring a spe- special toilet for him because they didn't want anybody analyzing his DNA and stuff. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I mean, that that's that's just, I, I think one of the most uh, touching aspects of the whole thing, and really one of the things that I think isn't getting enough attention, but probably will down the line because I'm going to research a little more, and that is the. Um, the ability to recover the remains of dead American soldiers over there. Uh, How, what's the numbers on that? I, mean, I don't I've, know. I've, I've, See, that's the thing I want to know more about because because there's there's a lot of MIA uh, there, and, and and yet some of them they have the remains, and we haven't been able to get a hold of them, and that's a pretty big deal because first, for instance, the Korean War. Is already seen as the forgotten war, is a forgotten by, war. A, by a lot of people. Yeah, people. And the idea that we have the remains of American soldiers from a forgotten war still over there that either A, have been accounted for and were unable to get, or we haven't actually been, be, been able to begin to recover uh, operations that would recover these remains, that's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big deal because actually when you, you know, when you see the POW MIA flag, uh, a lot of people don't realize that the MIA, a lot of that MIA is from the Korean War right. and, and also obviously from uh, Vietnam. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of MIA from and, the and Korean the tra- War. The trauma that the boys went through was, if you listen to any of the old interviews with the Korean War veterans, you know, it was, it was a pure intensity of the uh, yeah. Korean winters and stuff and, oh, yeah. and you know you know it's, it's so many so many of them died from frostbite mm. and, and you know and people that came back you know lost lost their fingers and yeah. extremities because of, it was so intense you know i mean korea is like crazy cold bad mm-hmm. yeah no it, it's, I mean, it's it, desolate and and i think there there were some i know that there were some there are in these mountains and and there's a possibility that some of the remains are Intact, meaning, you know, you have you have people who were frozen into these uh, high uh, terrain places up there that are still 
basically there. I mean, so this is a pretty big deal. And, and I, I realize it's, it's, it's not, you know, people aren't giving it a whole lot of attention, but that is one of the aspects mm-hmm. of this agreement they signed that they could actually do that. So it's pretty cool. So it's, this is really just redefining, you know, I'm Trump is, you know, okay, okay, we, we can all agree that his style can be rough and that he, you know, what mom and dad would have said inappropriate, we would have got slapped across the room growing up and stuff for saying, saying what we were thinking and stuff. You know, Trump says what he thinks. And, and, but, you know, we need somebody at this time. You know, I mean, there's a reason that he defeated 16 other candidates on that stage um, and was the one that came out, you know, king of the hill. Because, you know, we're fed, and, fed up and tired of people not backing their word. And for right. people making deals and saying saying one thing, you know, whether it's Paul Ryan or or Senator McConnell saying one thing, and we stand, we're conservative, we're conservative. Yeah, yeah. You know, screw you. you yeah, know, we're 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 done. You know, and that's why we, that's why Trump's president, and he's doing it. So. All right, brother. Well, it's good to see you. JohnnyRose.com is the is the website. If you need him uh, to uh, drive you around. Or sing for you, or sing for your loved one, whatever. He's it's 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 good. It's We're gonna serenade, to serenade you in your back seat and make yeah. up <laughs> of the suburban. Right on, yeah, baby. <laughs> All right, Johnny Rose. Thanks yeah. a ton, man. Appreciate you as Thank always. You, Love and, you, man. Okay, you too. Love you too. And uh, learn with moxie.com is nice Gia's website. And Gia, we have to. We'll talk more about this. Well, maybe we have you next week or whatever. But because um, I want to dig in a little bit more on that, because we did when you were last in last week. Uh, but uh, today was just kind of a day to kind of hang yeah. out and celebrate, talk some stuff. You know what I mean? We needed to, we needed to and, celebrate last night. Absolutely. And uh, Suzanne Venker is going to be on with us on Friday, and she Yay. and she are kind of going to be ultimately we're a instant besties, budding team on Radio Free Almond, and we'll be working on that too. So as we uh, develop the network, there you will be. I was going to do Unchained Melody, but I don't want him to flag me, so I'm going to go ahead and just do uh, our um, outro music for you because we're going to cut out of here. But um, you, you got to see the Elvis Unchained Melody from um, from it was it was like it was like days before he he died. Um, and, and and you know what? I'm going to play it for you. We'll leave with it. Okay. I won't use the I won't use the um, that was 77, right? It was 77, yeah, baby. Um, yeah, here it is. I'll do it. This is um, four minutes. But it, it was one of the never-seen-before things up until this time. Uh, it was pretty incredible. Did you hear it when I played that yeah, that one time? I did. I'm good. Because I'm a loyal you listener, want a cookie? baby. You know I want a dirty martini that I want in a bet. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh I don't know. You can probably hear it. I'll, you want to hear? I you you can't hear it because you don't have headphones. But you know, here. Too bad. Take mine. I heard it here. Here. Here you go. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. This is a song. That have I a just good day, recorded. everybody. Love you. It's an old song called "Unchained Melody." I had to play the piano, so it'll take just a second. I don't know all the chords, so. If you hear me, uh, get my fingers caught and put in the keys back here. You know, you know what it is. Now, shall I? 
Here, let me get your mind, son. You got to hold the microphone, put the scarf on, hold the pick, hold the ring. Show me the right keys. Got it? <laughs> okay. This song is, uh, I just recorded it and it, I don't know. I don't know. It, I, 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 uh, is it out? About two weeks. Two weeks to be out? Unchained Melody. From an album called Unchained Melody. Makes a lot of sense. Okay. How you like it so far? Two. 